here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. All right, welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Cranch alongside, as always, the king of banter himself, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how's it going? That's it, king of banter. Nothing else. Yeah. Oh, King, sorry, King of Banter, Big Bitch, Joe Lanza. I apologize. My, my fault. You couldn't go with one of the kind ones. You had to go Big Bitch again, huh? You got to yeah. do, do this gimmick again, huh? You know, if you just let me do the intro, then then maybe... You know, yeah, I should just let you take you know, it. I always hog the intro, and I never allow you to do it. it it's, properly introduce myself. Right, one of these days, I should just say, Joe, you want to do the intro? And, 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 and I'm sure you would graciously say, of course I, Rich. I would love to do the intro. I would love nothing more than the opportunity to do the intro. So I, I apologize for not giving you that opportunity ever. So um, do you, uh, we can restart it. We can just run and sing back. We can re- like, which one do you, what, what's uh, of your nicknames? Because now you have, you know, eight or whatever. Is there like a power ranking? Is there like a draft that you would do to say, okay, this is the one that I definitely, you know, because obviously I'm not, I'm not going to be able to say all eight, but is there the preferred three? Is there preferred one? Are they all equal your children? You know, I, I, I go through phases. Yeah. Right now, I'm a big fan of the most compelling voice in wrestling media. Can you give me that one? Let me let me hear you give that one a shot. I'd rather not. You know. Yeah, because you can't. Your ego will not allow you. <laughs> My bursting ego. Yes. The other one I'm a big fan of is uh, a reasoned and well explained man. That, that that's my favorite. If I if I had to rank all of yours, that that's one that I. Oh, let you give that one a shot. Go ahead. Go ahead. Introduce me as the king of banter. The King and, of Banter, a reasoned and well-explained man. That's awful. Come Brilliant. on, put some effort into it. Get, no. Clear your throat and, and give me the full-on – you're introducing me to accept a major award. <laughs> what award have you won? What, what award did you win? I, I, this is all hypothetical. Okay? No, I need to know what award it is. Like, what's the, what's the crowd? What's, the, what's sort of the – you know, is it a humanitarian award? Is it an Emmy? Is it a Tony? Like, I need to know what award this is. It could be, um, it could be any one of those things. It could be a, it could be a sheedy, a medal of peace, a sheedy. Yeah. What, what are you? Uh, have you won a sheedy? So this is Joe Lanza's sheedy acceptance speech, is what we're. It, or it could be an observer award. It could be the National League Most Valuable Player. I don't care what the award is. You're not Joey. You're not Mr. Joey Votto. Oh wait, no, he didn't win either. But I, I, um... wish, I wish I was Joey Votto. So <laughs> if, I could, if I could choose to be another man, it, it might be Joey Votto. He does have a pretty solid life, all things considering. But yeah, um... tremendous life, tremendous life. But. Uh, so you're, you're introducing me to to accept a, a major award. Um, you you are you of course as my broadcast partner. You're you're presenting me with this award. 
I'd like a proper introduction with those two <laughs> monikers. Come on, you could do it. You're a professional. You've got what, 19 podcasts? Uh, uh, 18 at this point. I had to drop one, but just 18. At what's this your point. what's um, your what's your introduction for the nurse? Um, what do I say? I'm trying to remember. Okay, I'm trying to run it through in my head now. Um, Alex Marquez. I think it's very similar. I just say the the the. The lovely nurse or something like that or i just say the nurse i, I don't exa- okay that's gimmick infringement because it's the no lovely. yeah no, no i don't say the lovely um i don't remember what i say now i'd have to listen to back it's like i just start it and i just say now i don't remember i'm trying to think now in my head of what, what i say but i think i just say the nurse you just give her the nurse so, you know nobody's nobody nobody cares about the first intro i don't give that shit about that anymore i don't know i think you're underestimating the audience i think they're under- <laughs> i think they like it i think they they tune in they they tune in like this is the 1970s. Yeah, they're going through their their dial to try to figure yeah. out. Oh, there skip- they are. There they're they are. The voices they're, are wrestling. They're skipping through their dial. They're passing lapsed fan. They're passing. Uh, I don't even know what other podcasts there are. I don't listen to any of them. <laughs> but <laughs> they're passing uh, the Jim Cornette experience. Is that what it's called? They're passing. Uh, yeah. yeah the uh, whatever that new Ethan Page thing is on on. It's Flow called Flow Slam. Slam. Have you ever heard of Flow Slam? Yes, they're a podcast now. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they're 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 passing uh, the the Ric Flair gimmick with Conrad. Does he still do that? They don't. No, no. Conrad just does the things with Shivani and uh, Bruce Pritchard now. But the Ric Flair thing is is done. Rick, Flair would get bored. I, I think there was like three times where they tried to do the Ric Flair thing, and like I think Rick just got bored and decided I don't really want to do this anymore. So uh, I don't think there is any Ric Flair podcast right now. Yeah, and then they 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 tune in uh, to to voices of wrestling, mm-hmm. and and you know, and and they expect to hear a proper introduction. This is a this is a uh, you know, it's a big time podcast as we discussed many times, Rich. And I don't know, I don't feel like you give us a big time introduction. You know, it should be bombastic. <laughs> should be some you know, show some heart. You know, show some guts. Give me like me. Assume that you're like the Tomohiro, the Tomohiro Ishi of wrestling uh, podcast hosts. Give that kind of introduction with some fire. Give me, give me the, the, uh, the kick out at one introduction to a podcast. Go ahead, give it a shot. You want me to, you want me to kick out at one in the first second of our podcast? I want you to kick out at one and give me, <laughs> Dude, give me I'm a not, kick. I'm not I want the fighting you, spirit introduction. No, no. Get out of here. To this podcast, I think the the listeners demand it, and I think next week. Which is Thanksgiving, so I don't know. I, I'll probably be doing this by myself. Uh, but but uh, next week when we, we do a show, I don't know. Actually, logistically, we should probably figure that out, huh? Yes, we should. Yeah, maybe about, maybe off air. But um... how about since we have like two topics tonight that we just have that meeting right now and 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 give the listeners a little a little uh, you know <laughs> our bonus our Patreon our Patreon subscribers can hear Joe and I discuss briefly when yes. we should do a show next week. Um, what do you think uh, Tuesday or Wednesday? Let's see here. Ooh, oof. Hmm. What do you got going on Wednesday? When's your last day of work? I got no. Uh, I'm I'm off Thursday. That's the only day I'm off. I work every other day. Oh well, you want to go Wednesday? Or are you cooking Wednesday night? What are you doing? No, we we're having people uh, over this weekend. We're having people over Sunday. So Michelle's working all Thanksgiving. So uh, yeah, I'm around Thursday. Uh, uh, Wednesday, I can do it. All right, so Wednesday. There you go. There you go, people. You got you were let in on the uh, voice of wrestling. Uh, yep. <laughs> that the, the curtain has been pulled back and that is literally the extent of the preparation uh that we do on a week-to-week basis you know it's it's amazing the quality that we spit out with the amount of effort that goes into it but yeah, we uh, should we should uh let people when we're done with the show we can share people on our uh th- these are all great patreon things we'll, we'll share people on our show notes which are basically just like you know recaps of you know just lists of results and then lists of upcoming shows that's it and then just like words 
that we're going to talk about later. Because I, I, I hear from some people, and they're like, oh, we're at like 20 pages of notes and 30 pages of notes. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, and, and you know, I, I, you know, I do a fair amount, and there's people that probably don't do anything or just scrabble onto like a little pad or whatever. But yeah, for the amount that we do, I mean, it's it's very, but we'll, we'll let you guys, we'll share the world. You know, like I said, we're all about pulling that curtain back. So we'll give you that. Um, maybe the pre-show banter that's that's some of the best stuff ever which is usually like grunting and then we're like ready and then we go and so you know that, that's always good sometimes imagine what, imagine what people could hear if we release the pre-show banter um they'd hear me taking a shit half of the time yeah you're you're very uh terrible ball cock that never stops making oral noises um i replaced that ball cock i don't there's something you have a, uh, something else it must not be the ball cock then i think i need no. another ball cock because i replaced that ball cock on the on the advice of your mother and um and because she of course is a loyal listener and uh she she mentioned that i need to replace my ball cock which was a little awkward that your mom wanted me to replace my ball cock i had no idea that that thing was called a ball cock but i did replace it and i think the ball cock the new ball cock went again i think i gotta get another ball cock maybe on my third ball cock in what a little over eight years you in this house three ball cocks this will be my third ball cock is there something are you are you doing something that's making this ball cock you know, all get all haywire. There's got to be something you're doing. All I do is flush the toilet. Are you an aggressive I, flusher though? Like, what do you? Are you like punching that thing down, or what? What do you? I think I'm a standard flusher. I think I'm an okay. average flusher. I don't think I'm like you know. I'm not, not like giving you're it like, like a. It, you're not like, like using you know the bottom of your steel toed boot to kick it down or whatever. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not like killer con with a karate chop or something. I'm just okay. gently flushing the toilet. You know. You, you only use this con? one toilet, right? Yeah, that's well, some Killer Con content. Have the... you seen? Have you ever seen Killer Con work, Rich? Uh, I don't think I ever have time. seen Killer Con work. You gotta watch him break Andre's leg. It's a classic angle. Um, no, yeah, I generally use one bathroom. Yeah, out of the three in the lands of palatial estate, mm-hmm. but I stick with one. And that's the one. What you know? What we may have just diagnosed this. Maybe it's overusage of the ball cock. But here's the thing: there's plenty of you know dwellings that have one bathroom, right? And maybe three or four people live in this dwelling. Why? why? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I live in an apartment, and obviously I only had one bathroom, and, you know, the nurse and I were, were, were you know, obviously just using the same bathroom all the time. So, yeah, I don't know. And then our ball cock was always good. So, I don't know. You have a... So I think a ball cock should be able to withstand... Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, my single usage, even if I'm just using one bathroom. So, I I, I don't know. But Could you heard how loud it is. No, it's a larger issue than the ball cock. I, I'd like to. Uh, we'll have to get somebody again when, when a picture out. We can get someone and they can listen and they can go. Oh man, that's not a ball cock. That's a you know insert plumbing thing. I don't know. Are there any plumbing, plumbers so. that listen? Uh, we're making a call to plumbers. If you plumb, I would like to hear from you. Um, and, and is there a higher quality ball cock that I could be purchasing? That could be it. Maybe I'm buying a shitty ball cock. Because legitimately, like Joe will go and and we'll, we'll I'll be like Joe, are you ready? And you're like, yeah. All right, wait, hold on one sec. And then you go and you take your shit or your and then like you flush, and the thing is going on. It, it's it's like a minute of just like hissing while your ball cock's you know finishing up or whatever. And it's just it's too much. It's it's a ball it cock. the show. I'm sitting here waiting for this damn ball cock, and it's it's not you know I'm, I'm it, I, I, we got time is money on the show. Doesn't something you get a ball cock. Let me let me Google ball. No, it immediately the plumbing device comes up if you Google that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. by that. I I feel like there's probably something else that's referred to as a ball cock. Kill Carl Con, uh, uh, not Carl Con, Killer Con. Um, did you know he was a bodyguard in Three Ninjas Kickback? <laughs> that's a good fact. Three I Ninjas Kickback. But I, no, I, I decided to look up Killer Con is on that, Wikipedia and personal life. Kind of rolls it. 
No, that's not the Hogan one, I don't think. What's the Hogan? He was in like High Noon. uh, What was it? Heroes at High Noon or Three Ninjas. What was it? Hulk Hogan. Hogan was in something with Child. High Noon at Mega Mountain. Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain. So he was in that series of films, but not that film. Right. That's the one where he had the like really weird hair. Yeah, like the like the like the uh, buzz cut. The uh, it was like a pompadour hair. It was really weird. It looked awful. Yeah, it looked really really weird. And I think they ripped it off during the in the movie. But I think he loses it in the movie. But he looks so weird. It's so creepy. It's like uh, the creepiest that you can ever imagine Hulk Hogan looking. That's how he looks like when he's got like a full head of weird hair. Hmm. Movie has a um an eight on IMDb, so not very great. Zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Is it the Killer Con gimmick or the Hogan gimmick? Uh, the Hogan one. I think the Killer Con one uh, did pretty well, actually. Uh, what, was, what did I say that one was called? Three uh, Ninjas. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of Three Ninjas movies. I remember one. Lot. I remember legitimately one of these ever. I think um, all of them, they were all straight to video deals. Were right? they? Okay, okay. Because I remember the one that was like, um, like one was pretty bad. Like the first one or whatever. Maybe in the first two were, were like decent movies that people watched or whatever. Yeah, I have no idea what Three Ninjas kicked back. Uh, let's see. That's got a 4.4 on IMDb, so a little bit better. Okay. Not rated on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, but that's fine. So a little bit better than the Hogan gimmick. So Killer Con wins this one uh, yet again. There's a lot of... I'm, I'm looking, too. It's like movies related to Three Ninjas. You got Beverly Hills Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, And the 90s were all about ninja. In the 90s, <laughs> the word you know, ninja. I, I think you just got a show topic for you and the nurse. I, seriously? <laughs> I think, you know, ninjas were hot. Kids loved ninjas in the 90s. I don't know what it was. I was legitimately the only kid, I think, in my entire school that didn't go to, like, karate class or taekwondo or do any martial arts. Like, I did none of that. And they were all – every single one of them were like, hey, what are you doing today? No, I got it like this. I got hapkido. I got taekwondo. I got it. I was the only one, I swear to God, that did not get in one of those whatsoever. I was never into that shit either. And I was never into ninjas. I never wanted to see – you know, I I never thought like – yeah, I never in that shit. Watching pro wrestling. I'm gonna I'm gonna do wrestling clowns. That's what I'm into. This, That's right. Not this ninja shit. I'm gonna give you some doink. Give you some evil doink. Let's talk. All right, we got a plenty to get to today. We got, uh, of course, Tim Storm, uh, NWA Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. We're gonna talk about that big match uh, that happened over the weekend. We got NXT Takeover War Games uh, as well. We're gonna preview that. We have a little bit of discussion about the War Games rules and the history of War Games and a surprising take from Joe that might is gonna anger uh, some people as well. WWE Survivor Series. We're gonna preview that. Uh, event <laughs> coming up we'll talk about that uh james ellsworth we got starcade so pretty uh, wwe heavy show as well as well we have to take our victory lap on the uh, wwe india tour as well so we'll do that uh did you want to wait on the the, the victory lap i think we should let that one stay uh, yeah we're actually this is a very wwe heavy show we're gonna do we're gonna preview two wwe shows and then talk about a couple of wwe house shows when have we ever talked about a <laughs> WWE house show? they've never had house shows that really matter i mean there, there's you know this these are two real big you know spot shows so we got to talk about these but yeah this is going to be I, I think man it has to be our, our our most wwe heavy show that we've done in in, in years like this, i don't even have a japan topic on there like we could have talked about the world tag league but i guess you know hasn't even started quite yet and like i don't know you you and i haven't really watched a ton of other pro but yeah this is like that we have not done a straight WWE show in, in, in it has to be years really maybe ever or maybe way back in the beginning I I, I don't know I it, it is a I'm trying to think because usually when we do mania weekend or something yeah um, we're talking evolve we're talking yeah. you know all these other shots or whatever I mean other than NWA which is another <laughs> other than other than National Wrestling Alliance we're only talking WWE today this is not what you would expect from voice of wrestling, but it's uh, uh, pretty fun here. But where do you want to go first? Because there's interested to see here. how the uh, interested to see how the numbers do. People I mean, love when we talk WWE. I, I you know. they, well, I you know, 
I gotta disagree. I think you, you, when you look at our our uh, our top listen to shows, I mean, they're all, and this is probably backwards and reverse from any other wrestling podcast. They're all New Japan related, and if you notice, also, um, something like three or four of the top five. If you look at at at, at, at you know the. Uh, um, the, 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 what would you call it? Would you call it a headliner? Or what, what would you call it? Yeah, just the, kind of the title, the tag, the, the title of whatever a, you want to call it. Yeah. They involve Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, Kenny Omega is an enormous draw for this particular show. Um, you know, if you really drill down. But um, I think our most listened to show is a Wrestle Kingdom preview, not even a review. A Wrestle Kingdom preview is our most listened to show. It was this past Wrestle Kingdom, I think, with. Kenny Omega in the main event. I think like you're right in the sense that like our biggest ones are always, but they're always around these big new Japan shows, Wrestle Kingdom, G1, that sort of stuff. Whereas like, I think the, the stuff in between though, WWE does kind of prop. I I think those tend to do a little bit better, especially if we talk about news with WWE, those do a little, other than like, if we were going to talk about Dominion or, you know, whatever the big WWE, like the WWE one would more than, but, but like, yeah, you're absolutely right in terms of like Wrestle Kingdom and G1. I mean, those are always far and away or yeah, previews, reviews of those big time shows or a big time topic like uh, uh, Kenny Omega always kind of comes up too. So no, I, I think there there's in some way, but I think that people do like the WWE ones. I mean, uh, we, we, we hear from people all the time and, and those tend to do a little bit better than like, there are the times where we just do the random ass shows where we're talking, you know, bouncing around and doing all that stuff. And I enjoy the bouncing around. I love it. But you know, we tend to get a lot of people that are like, ah, yeah, I don't really do much for me or, you know, they don't listen quite as much, but Hey, you think if we extrapolated it out to like, I don't know, a top 50, then you would see more uh, WWE heavy shows sneaking their way. Exactly. Yeah. If you just do top five, I think it's always going to be the Wrestle Kingdom. And, and that's, you know, like you said, we're kind of different from every other podcast in that respect where, you, you know, them talking, somebody previewing or reviewing WrestleMania is going to do bigger than, but for us, like our WrestleMania is Wrestle Kingdom and, and G1 and those sort of big time, you know, matches and, and, and shows like that. So, no, I think if you did top 50, yeah, you'd see a little bit more WWE, but the top five is definitely New Japan, which is pretty crazy and, and pretty cool. I mean, that's most uh, of the top five. There is that, there's that one random show, which is the third most listened to show that we've ever done, which is uh, the lead topic was Sasha Banks and Charlotte. And then the secondary topic was Dragon Gate. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh yeah, that's the third most listened to. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Sasha Banks tweeted it out, and we never knew or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's that one is always unique, and and I don't know. Yeah, it's you never know where these things kind of pop up or, or who listens to them or whatever. But yeah, that is always one that uh, always gets me here a little bit. But all right, where do you want to start here? We got um, obviously the big WWE weekend. I think you wanted to start with NWA though. You said we were going to start with uh, the old National Wrestling Alliance, Tim Storm, Nick Aldis. Do you want to go that way? I think that is where we have to start. They've earned it. They have earned this. Yes. So, um, what was the day? What was the day? It was Sunday, Saturday. I don't remember what day it was. No, Saturday. Friday. Saturday. Okay. So it was Saturday. So Tim Storm, of course, uh, we talked about it. We previewed it a little, um, a little bit last week as well. 52 year old history teacher, uh, turned NWA world heavyweight champion. They did a great job on those 10 pounds of gold, uh, YouTube series as well. He retained the title over uh, Nick Aldis, who the former Magnus of TNA fame. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was from championship wrestling from Hollywood. It streamed live on Facebook. I know, uh, as it was going on, I think it was at 11. Uh, were you there, uh, live? What was going on? Like how many people were watching it? In the moment, I, I know I, I jumped in and out, but I don't recall exactly what the full number was. The match peaked at seventeen hundred viewers. Okay, and right now I, I just I watched it a little bit earlier today, or I, I kind of rewatched it again uh, later today. It was at about forty five thousand views uh, when I went 
on there again. So that's that's pretty good. I mean, those are decent numbers for being on a Facebook, decent numbers for NWA, and decent numbers for a Tim Storm, you know, Nick Aldis match that, you know, for all intents and purposes, wasn't a great match, but a match that I think we're going to talk about here in a little bit where, you know, going in, I didn't expect it to be great. I don't think anybody expected it to be this amazing match or whatever, but there's something to be said for, and, and it was obviously proof of it as well that, you know, we 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 can see great matches all the time, and and it's become now that the currency of great matches in wrestling today is not what it was years ago. Like, and, that, and that's inarguable. Like, you see great matches wherever you go, all over the world, all over the country, all over different streaming networks. There's great matches being thrown at you. Like, I, I'm you know I'm going through uh, Bola right now. I know you are as well. There were I, I watched Night One of Bola. Every single match in Night One of Bola was better than this Tim Storm Nick Aldis match. But at the end of the day, in six months, in eight months, in a year, what match am I going to remember? What match am I going to say? Ah, yeah, I remember that match. It's not going to be insert random night one bola match. It's going to be this one. So there's something to be said for you know the story currency of wrestling. We, we've we've really increased the currency of great matches, and that's in abundance, and you can get that wherever you want. But in terms of real great stories and real matches that make you feel, there's less and less in those every single year. And I think this is one that that nailed that exactly. Where yes, the work wasn't great. It wasn't technically sound. There's a little issue with the finish, which we're going to talk about too, because they, I think they've done a great job with that. But when it was all said and done, it was a memorable match, and it's one that's going to stick with you for a long time. And that's you know a success all around, even if the match itself wasn't this unbelievable classic that that you know technically we're going to remember forever. But we're going to remember the story, the build, and 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 the moment that it was for the NWA as well. So I I think it was success a success for everybody involved. I think um, anecdotally, and I mentioned this the night uh, actually live when the match was going on and um, I was in control of the Twitter feed. I don't know what you were doing. You're probably uh, drunk in an alley somewhere or something. <laughs> but uh, well, Hey, listen, Krejci likes to party on the weekends. What was I doing on Saturday? I don't think I was going any- – I don't think I was doing anything. Listen, but- pal, you never turned off your tapped app, so your shoot Twitter account gives you away, okay? You you uh you enjoy the you you imbibe a bit on the weekends, okay? I'm not ripping you. That's how you enjoy yourself. I'm well, I'm, I'm guessing this on Saturday while that match was going on, you had a cold one. Is that what they call them? Cold one. You had, cold a, one. <laughs> you, had a, you had a cold one in your hand. You may have been double fisting. Is that a fact or is it not a fact? I'm trying to remember what I was doing Saturday, man. I don't uh, I don't remember. Um, I don't think I had a. Uh... What was man? I don't think I had a cold one though. No, I don't think I had a cold. You had one. a frosty Bud Light in your. Hand. <laughs> I, oh, I would never drink a Bud Light, sir. No, yes. never. Um, I was definitely not double fisting. No, I, I don't know what I was doing Saturday, but because I, 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 you know what? I, I was. I couldn't have been doing any anything like that important because I remember checking in on the the match for a little bit, yeah, and then checking out. So I was on my phone doing something, but I don't remember where the hell I was. But anyway. Anyway, my point here is that anecdotally, I can't recall, and I don't know if you were paying attention to our feed. And of course, it's just our feed, but I think we follow a pretty, I don't know, I think it's a pretty uh, varied uh, list of people on our, on our, who we follow. I mean, we try to follow a little bit of everything so we get a taste of, taste of it all. Yeah, and we're following major outlets too. It's not like we're just following our friends or people involved with the website. Like we're following, you know, entities that have no idea that we exist or whatever and all the different blogs and all that sort of, I mean, we, we follow every major, I, I would say every pretty, you know, big deal wrestling blog and every, you know, big deal you know media site that covers wrestling as well so we're covering all you know we're following all those with bleacher report it's WWE section you know the si's WWE, like all those ones we're we're following all those so no we we kind of get a a decent you know melting pot of every little region of wrestling we've got a nice cross section of of uh of everything on our feed and i gotta tell you i can't recall in the five or six years or whatever it is that we've been doing this and we've had a twitter feed an indie match that had this much real-time buzz and 
as many people, at least on our feed, that were following along live with with a with a singular match. And we are in a streaming era. It's not as if look at this point. There's live indie wrestling all weekend, every weekend, streaming somewhere. Okay, is that safe to say? I mean, you know, whether it's on Twitch, whether it's on all these various streaming services, and I I, I can't recall a match where I mean this this had at least on our timeline, I'm not trying to equate it in the big picture, but um, just there are as many people talking this match on our time short of anything, but, but maybe a raw and a WWE pay-per-view. Um, it, it, there was just a, a ton of buzz around us. It, it, it captured the attention of a lot of people. Um, and, and, and it was all due to the really the brilliant way that they built it. And, and, and I think, it's important not to lose perspective that this is Tim Storm and Nick Aldis. It's fucking Magnus. I mean, and, and a guy that no one heard of, you know, and, um, but they, they effectively got people to care. And, um, and, and like you say, it, it, look, the match was exactly, almost exactly how I expected it to go. A two and a half, three-star match um, with a clunky finish. Wasn't expecting a clunky finish, but I thought the clunky finish hurt the match. We'll have more on that in a minute. But, you know, before the, the, the sloppy finish, I thought the work was fine. I thought it, it, it was stiff. Um, I thought they did a nice job. I, I knew it was going to be – look, I've seen plenty of Tim Storm matches. It was going to be a simple, uh, you know, a simple match with simple psychology, which is what Tim Storm brings to the table. He's not going to go out there and try to reinvent the wheel. He's not going to go out there and try to have a PWG style match. He's going to go out there and have a, a match with simple psychology that makes sense. And, and that's exactly what we got here. And on his best day, the work is going to be, you know, above average. And on his worst day, it's going to be a little below average. I thought this was an average match. I didn't have any problem with the match quality. I thought a lot of people were way too hard on the match quality. Um, it was just an average match. It was a two and a half, three star match. Now the finish, you want to bury the finish, go right ahead. Um, I had no idea what they were going for because it was very clunky. It was uh, very messy. It turns out that I, I had initially thought when, uh, you know, in, in, in the ensuing days, they, they turned the finish kind of into an angle where Nick Aldis was disputing the finish. And I kind of thought that was brilliant because it's like, okay, let's take this sloppy finish, which is what everybody remembers, unfortunately, and we'll turn it into a, an angle. But, and, and it was, it was a, it was a botched finish, but the finish was intended to be in dispute. We did get that cleared up with the NWA. So it's not as if they created a dispute, a disputed finish off of the sloppy, off of the, uh, the botch. It was supposed to be a disputed finish, but it was also a botch. Does that make sense? Am I being, yeah. Yeah. So people that are saying it wasn't like this thing was a train wreck at the end and they said, okay, we got to make the most of this, or we got to figure out some way to spin this where people don't, you know, that we can cover up the fact that this was a sloppy little finish or whatever that we'll, we'll make up an an angle or an idea that this was disputed now because it was sloppy. It was, it was going to be disputed regardless. It just happened to be a sloppy way to do it. So it wasn't executed. Well, I don't know if storm, I don't know if all this was supposed to get a shoulder up. I don't know if Storm was supposed to get tangled up in the ropes and, and it would have been necessitated a rope break. I don't know what was supposed to happen. All I know is what happened was ugly. 
Yeah, I, I, what I'm guessing happened is that they sort of – they had an idea in mind, and it sort of lost a little bit. Like, I think they kind of got – Storm looked like he sort of – because he was trying to – if people didn't see it, he tried to put, like, a sharpshooter on, and then Aldis kind of reversed it into a cradle, and then Storm kind of re-cradled it back onto Aldis or whatever. And yes. I think what happened was is because the cradle got a little bit janky, that Storm maybe still went with it, and Aldis thought that maybe he was – like, I don't know. It could have been something like that, but it's one of those things where, like, if one little second doesn't work, neither side's quite sure what to do and where to go. And should we redo this? Should we, you know, abandon ship and restart and try it again? Or, or should we just go with it and try to make the most of it? So I think they did a pretty good job. Like if storm bounces off the ropes, which I, I I'm not sure if they necessarily, you know, insinuated, insinuated that that was supposed to be what they were going to do is that storm is going to use the ropes a little bit to do it. But uh, you know, he bounces off the ropes a little bit and he still gets all this in it. So I guess it all kind of works, but regardless, they use the idea that storm, you know, use the ropes to get leverage on the cradle. And they use that as sort of the, the point from which, um, that new angle sort of been created or, or whatever. But I think like we're, they didn't make it up out of whole cloth that this was, you know, a thing that was not supposed to happen or whatever, but I think they made the most of it regardless of what happened is, is sort of owning it right away, not trying to hide it and just saying, Hey, look, you know, it was a little, you know, weird, but it's disputed. So that I think it's a good way. It's, it's a positive way to do it. Even if that's not, you know, or even if it was sort of what they wanted to do, they, I think they still made the most out of the botch or, or out of the, I don't even want to call it a botch, but just the clunkiness of it. Cause it wasn't a full on botch. It was just like, it just looked kind of weird. And it was it slow to develop. Right. Yeah. It just didn't, didn't quite work. And the crowd yeah. didn't buy it either. Cause they were like, all right, well, no way that's going to be the finish. And it's like, Oh, three. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He went for a, it was all this is finisher is apparently the clover leaf. I don't know if, uh, you knew that rich but he uses the clover leaf as a finish so that's he storm was going he was attempting to finish off all this with his own finisher yeah but he did a sharpshooter though didn't he i don't know what he was doing i, I don't think he didn't do a clover leaf like that's I, so. I, I thought he was going for a sharpshooter someone else said he was going for a clover leaf i, yeah, I didn't cross know. the leg over though i don't think did he i, I don't I, i'd have to watch it again yeah. but he was going for something with the legs and then uh all this rolled him up and then storm like reversed the reversal and then that's when they were near the ropes and kind of in the ropes and the ref wasn't quite, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, you know, it, it wasn't a smooth finish by any means. And I think that, uh, you know, I think if, if the finish would have came off better, there'd be less people burying the match itself. Cause to me, I don't, how do you, where do you stand? I thought it was an average match. I thought it was average. I don't think it was like offensively terrible. It was just, it was just fine. Like, I don't know what, and, and it probably could be an expectation thing. Like I went in having little to no expectation. My expectation was, Hey, they hooked me with the story. Let's see where this goes a little bit. Let's at least get a finish there. Or let's at least get a match that, that will kind of keep my interest throughout. And it kept my interest throughout, even if it wasn't like, Oh my God, you know, this is incredible. And, and that, that again, that's expectations. I don't know who came into Magnus versus Tim storm and expected it to be anything more than, than what it was. I think it was exactly what I thought it was going to be, which was just average. It was just fine. I'll it wasn't th- offensively bad at all. I'll say this at no point did I think I was watching a terrible match, but early in the match, I thought I was watching a pretty good one. Now I, I thought it, the quality, you know, uh, you know, dropped as the match moved along, but at no point did I think I'm watching a terrible match, you know? So I, I think the finish really left a, a very bad impression in a lot of people's brains, but here's the thing about the match, the match quality in this case, unless it was an absolute and total train wreck, which it was not, the match quality does not matter in this case. Right. This was about the story. This was about uh, rallying behind Tim Storm as a babyface and and turning it on to see if he was going to successfully defend this title. That's what this was about. And and, and really, all, the only way that the match quality would have mattered is if it was an absolute train wreck of epic proportions, because then you know it would become a laughing stock and they would have lost a lot of momentum. That wasn't the case. I think they still have some momentum here. 
And uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, this I, I wasn't expecting any kind of phenomenal match either. It was it was exactly what I was expecting. Well, and like I said at the top, you know, th- this is a match that that again, like I'm gonna remember in eight months. And it's it, it's funny because there are better worked matches every day. I've seen since I've watched that match, I've seen probably ten matches that blew that one out of the water. But it's like those ten matches are just gonna be kind of they're gonna go into a lump of other really great matches that I saw this year, you know. And then this one match that's gonna sort of stand out because it was so well built and such a great story and and such uh, a memorable moment and a big moment and kind of a charter moment for that company or whatever. So when it's all said and done, they did exactly what they wanted to do here. They created buzz. They got something going. They got people watching it. They have people talking about the NWA. And I think most people come away saying, all right, whatever. Like, you know, yeah, it wasn't the most technically sound match, but I don't think anybody is, is burying them right now or anybody's saying, oh my God, old NWA is back at it again. Like it, it's, it's amazing the, the, the turnaround and the equity that they've already built just by kind of doing the basic stuff and just by telling basic stories and, and, and making approachable wrestling for everybody is now that they, you know, in, in prior years, this would sort of happen and the NWA would get laughed at and joked about, and, oh, here we go again. But it's like, all right, yeah, whatever, you know, that was fun. Well, what's next? Like, and that's cool. Everybody was saying, what's next? Or, okay, what's the next thing? And, and as we saw it, what's next is anything because it, it's, it's amazing what the NWA has been able to do because the next is, is, is their oyster, really? Because there was a lot of people ready to be next. Just a small sampling of indie wrestlers who, you know, immediately after the match, and look, these guys aren't dumb. They know that this is a good train to hop on. I mean, you, you these indie wrestlers had to be watching those uh, videos. And not only, you know, we talk about Tim Storm a lot, but what they did for Magnus as well. This is Magnus. And they humanized him. And, you know, they made, they made Nick Aldis more interesting than he's ever been before. When have you ever been interested in Nick Aldis? Ever. I mean, am I, am I, am I at a line here? Have you ever no, been interested God, no. in Nick Aldis? I mean, no, I mean, I, and, and I'm not somebody who's at least, you know, I, I watch, I don't watch, you know, TNA on a, on a religious standpoint, or, you know, every single week or whatever, but there was times where I, you know, I would watch it, you know, catch up and, and watch it here and there. Like never cared about Magnus. Any segment I saw in him, it, it was, it was yeah, nothing. Yeah. When have- did he ever strike you as anything more than a typical Vince McMahon style factory yeah create a wrestler he, he's a creator wrestler guy like eli yeah. you know eli drake was that too and eli's at least broken out a little bit but like yeah it's pretty funny when you see eli drake chris masters and like nick aldis together they, they're like the same person you know what i mean like there's yeah. little minor differences between all of them but like all in all when you look at the their, their what they present it's kind of like the same thing you know and in, in, in all said no man this has been the way forever for me it's just just a guy absolutely 100 percent you call him the, the jag or whatever some people call him creator wrestler you know where you don't do anything else like he is one of those guys where you just you know you load the up your game, you start making yeah. a wrestler, and you 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 know halfway through you stop, and then you're like, oh, all right, well, whatever. It's he's he's the generic <laughs> template you start with. With right, no... you forget to change that many things about yes. him, and like you go back, and he shows up in like a Royal Rumble or whatever. Like that used to happen in the N64 games. Like you'd mess around with the guys, but then like you wouldn't finish it, and then he'd show up in like a Royal Rumble. You're like, oh shit, original H, I forgot to finish him. All right, well, whatever. Like, right. Yeah, but but I mean, and and they they humanize them, and not only that, I, I thought the commentary to the match was excellent. Um, I, 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 I had, no, they did a great job. They did oh, really Todd, good. Todd Kennelly was one of them. And he yes, used to call, uh, what he used to call, he used to call, um, mm. oh, what was his gimmick? I don't remember Todd Kennelly's gimmick. Yeah. Todd Kennelly was a major league announcer. I forget which promotion he called. He was, uh, he was in WWE. Uh, it was WWE, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was definitely in WWE. I don't know if he had yeah. like a, a catchphrase or whatever, but he was definitely in WWE. No, yeah. no, no. I was just trying to think of where he worked. Oh, yeah. I, no, it was, it was WWE for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then and then he's been with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood for a long time. And I don't know who the, the, the color guy was. It may have been Marquez for all I know. I, this is a bad job out of us. We should know this. But uh, maybe maybe the producer could pull up an episode of uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and, and see who the announcer is. Kennelly? 
Um, Todd, no, he was Todd TNA. Kennelly. Todd Kennelly was TNA. TNA, that's what it was. Yeah. See, I, I, I didn't think it was WWE, but you convinced me that it was. You're very. Wasn't there a guy with a very similar name in WWE at the same time? Who was? I'm, I'm trying. The problem is that that's like another factory of guys too that that come in. But yeah, anyway, yeah, no, he was he was 2013 Todd Kennelly in uh, TNA. Sorry. Yeah, so uh, I know he was doing play-by-play, but I thought they did a great job getting the title itself over, uh, working in not only the Ric Flair's and the Dusty Road references, but people like uh, Cole Cabana and people like that, some of the more recent history. And I thought they did a good job getting Nick Aldis over as like, and Storm did as well in some of his promos, of getting Nick Aldis over as like this ultimate challenge to overcome. You know, this this top guy who's a former, you know, world champion, which is true, and a former Noah tag team champion, which is true. You know, he's got kayfabe credentials, and I thought they get a, did a good job getting him over using those kayfabe credentials. And, and and you know, so there's something to be said for that as well. And, um, you know, coming off of the match, you've got all of these indie wrestlers now lining up around the block to get in on this because they want to be featured. In these videos, because I mean, these guys are probably thinking themselves, look what they did for Tim Storm. Imagine what they could do for me. And I'm talking about people like Michael Elgin, Joey Janela, uh, MJF, who believe me, that guy's going to be a star. Okay. And, and that's a guy who knows what he's doing, knows the right places to work, is making the right contacts, already has a great reputation. Okay. Uh, uh, Joe Hendry, Gunnar Miller, there were a bunch of others. Guys just lining up on Twitter and on social media, you know, tagging the NWA and trying to get in on this. And I know for a fact uh, that I spoke to more than one independent promoter the next day that, are, that, that is actively trying to book Tim Storm and get him on their show and hopefully angle, you know, an NWA world title match out of it and, you know, get Lagana and those guys down there to shoot some video. I mean, everybody wants in on this. I mean, it's made Tim Storm's career, and it's revived Nick Aldis's career. I mean, there's no question. And it's a grassroots thing, which is the amazing thing about it is it's all grassroots. Yeah, you know, it's not any giant production. We're going to talk about another promo that, that, that came out this week because, you know, Tim Storm is wrestling. Um, while recording this, you know, it's going to happen tomorrow. And we're recording this on a Thursday. It's going to happen. It's going to happen 1117. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's Josephus Brody is, is, is the name, and, and he's a guy who's kind of told around different indies or whatever, but he's, he's promoting a, a Friday show in Clarksville, Tennessee or whatever, and it's a great, great promos. And as we're recording this, apparently they just released another promo as well. We haven't obviously listened to it yet because we're recording this right now, but the one that we're talking about, the first one that was like, I, I think it's titled Tim Storm's Next Challenger Revealed, I think is the name of it. And again, it's a really, it's just an incredible promo. And it's this guy who, who, you know, gets very serious, looks at the camera, talks about what, what I love too, and, and we'll kind of break it down, but definitely go and watch it. You absolutely 100% have to do, watch it, even if you don't care about the match or whatever, because you're going to care about the match when it's all said and done. But uh, when you watch it, it's really cool because you know, this guy brings out a VHS tape and it's like, what the hell's he got a VHS tape for? And he's like, oh, I've been watching your matches. And it's kind of like, I was kind of laughing at first, like, well, fuck, dude, like, what are you doing? And he's, and, and it's really cool because he goes, not, not your current stuff. No, I've been watching your old stuff. You know, you've been around forever and, and I'm watching the old stuff that you did on these VHSs. Like, that's how I'm going to get you. I'm going to yeah. get you by knowing what your holes were years ago not what your holes are right now and it's like oh dude that's a nice little wrinkle there and like the the thing though is and and again i I implore you to definitely watch it when you get a chance is it's not like again what he said it's not reinventing the wheel it's a camera and a guy and that's it and and some and some creepy fucking music 
because this Josephus Brody. Now, raise your hand if you've heard of Josephus Brody. I had no clue who this dude was. Right, I found out I, only later it, that I have actually seen him live, and that's because you you gave me a little bit of like a clue that like, oh hey, he's done that, da, 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 and I look it up. Oh yeah, I have seen this guy live. I don't remember him at all. I mean, I, I saw him live five six years ago. It, you know, didn't mean anything to me. He's a guy who does a Bruiser Brody style gimmick. Uh, hence the name Joseph is Brody. Uh, you've seen him. The connection here is he has connections to Billy Corgan because he was part of uh, well, Resistance Pro, correct? And that's how you've seen him. He did some, yeah, he did some shots in Resistance Pro, and that's how I, I saw him, you know, in Chicago, obviously. But and he's done some stuff with like film making, film, you know, filmmaking with with Corgan and whatnot. So uh, we don't know exactly what his his background is necessarily, but yeah, I mean, it's he I, lists as part of his credentials the uh, what was the Drew McIntyre video that uh, Lagana produced? Well, he did like the the WrestleMania weekend, but then there's like the 30 Days Project, yes. which was where Lagana followed around. Correct. Uh, Corgan for, for 30 days or whatever and recorded him just, you know, living his life. Yeah. And, and Brody lists that, uh, you know, on his Twitter bio as part of his credentials. So you can see where the connection is here. Um, he clearly, um, you know, has an established relationship with the people who are running the NWA now, uh, which is fine. I had never heard of the guy. So I turn on this promo having no clue who he is other than knowing, okay, this is top rope wrestling out of Tennessee, which I've never heard of. It's Tim Storm versus Josephus Brody. It's a two-day build because they put this out on the Wednesday before the Friday was taking place. I turned this on with no expectations. You hear like this ominous, spooky music, okay? You have this man who, who, who has a Bruiser Brody style look with the gnarled beard and the, and the beer gut. And he's just, you know, this intimidating looking figure. But Rich, then he talks and he goes into how he's a professor, you know, and, and how Tim Storm is just a lowly school teacher and how he's smarter than Tim Storm. And how and like you said, how he's going back and watching the old VHS tapes to really dig deep and study the man because he's putting over the idea that he's not only tougher than him and that he's going to bust him up in the ring, but that he's smarter than him. And that's how he's going to – and what a perfect foil for Tim Storm who just, again, is just his everyman. You know, Tim Storm's not a guy who's going to go home and break down tape. He's going to go to – he's going to teach his classroom. He's going to hit the gym. He's going to go home and kiss his wife, and he's going to drive out to the show. Yeah, and or bust up in a cold one. He, he's the guy that would be double fist in yes. double life. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you're, and, you're, and you're posing him. Recliner. Against- he's going to get in his recliner. He's going to kiss the wife, eat his, eat his potato and, 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 and meat meal. Um, and then, yeah, he's going to sit back in the recliner and, and crack open a cold one. That's- and, w- and what did they do here with Josephus Brody? They took, again, the man's real-life persona. They used the fact that he's a professor and that he's a, you know, a, a videographer or whatever else he does. And he's in the vi- – and they, and, and, they, and they worked it into this man's gimmick. So you have like this – he's almost – he's presented as sort of this maniacal genius who's going to outwit and destroy – your babyface world champion. Rich, this was brilliant. I loved it. I loved it. This was great. And I can't, and you, you're telling me to have another one. I can't wait to watch it. I mean, I was, and, and you watched it while you were on, you know, before the show, and you loved it. You well, were into what, it. Yeah, what, what's really cool about it is because I did see it from a few people as well that we were talking about how, you know, the, the everyday promo, the everyman promo, and how I've always said you can tell a story about everybody by just letting them tell their lives or, or using a piece of their lives to, to you know, enhance their character or whatever. And and I think this is a really good example of, you know, you saw that all this in, in the storm run, and those were two just 100% normal dudes. I mean, all this was like, hey, look, you know, that, that's a title that's been around for years, and, and I want it, and, and Tim Storm is Tim Storm. We talked about that a little bit. Well, here's where you can sort of see how you can still do this and still have a character. Like, this, th- this guy is is 
still a professor. He's still a human being, but there's a different side to him. It's a little yes. like, ah, he's a little unhinged. He's a little nuts. He's a little weird. And that's pro wrestling, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so nuts that we've gotten away from this where, you know, people are like, well, well how are you going to tell a story? How are you going to do characters? Yeah, it's real easy to have like two normal guys, but you got to have characters. You got to have characters. Well, you can have a character that that's that's equally as scary. Were you more intimidated and scared by this guy or Kane? The demon Kane, Joe. No, you're, you're this guy who slowly talks and he looked at you yes. and he goes, I've been studying tape and I know what you do and I'm better than you. And like, he's very slow. He's very methodical. And he's like, he, he's getting into your brain. And that's like, oh shit. Like that's the person you're scared of versus a guy that blows fire and, and, and throws people down to hell through tables. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. what the fuck is that shit? It's just fantasy. It's Garbage. a cartoon character. Yeah. yeah. And where, whereas this guy's not a cartoon character. He's a real guy. And, and when you're done with this promo, you're like, oh dude, that dude's a little fucked up. Like that guy's going to fuck you yeah. up. Like, and it's not because he's screaming. Well, well, that's the part that makes it great. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And, and the first thing I did, when I saw it is I said, I need to know more about this man. Yeah. Who is he? Where's his Twitter handle? Uh, where's his Facebook page? Whatever. I need to know more about this fucking dude because where has he been and what's he been doing? I've never heard of him. I'm not in tune with the, the Tennessee indie scene beyond, you know, the, 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 the Chase Owens, Jason Kincaid matches I used to seek out. I don't, I had no idea who he was, but now I know who he is and now I'm interested in him and now I'm hoping they release this match that takes place on Friday. I'm into this. I want to see this match now. Yeah, and, and our comments were filled with our, our comments and mentions were filled with people saying, "Man, they're doing a good job." I have no idea who this guy is, but I'm really interested. I have no idea who this guy is, and I'm really interested. I mean, that we kept seeing that same sort of thing, you know, said in different words, but that same sort of theme. And that's like, boom, you guys have nailed it. If that's what you're able to do, if you're able to get people invested in people that they have no idea who these people are, that's the whole game, man. Because people will eventually know who these people are. But again, if you can tell the story in 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 three minutes, three minutes show was all that first video was. In mm-hmm. three minutes, you know what that guy's motivations are. You know what he wants to do. You know when the match is happening, where the match is happening, on what day it's happening, for what company it's happening, and you know what you know the two combatants and a little bit of background of the two combatants in three minutes. In three minutes, they got Tim Storm and jo- Josephus Brody over. Right, Josephus Brody introduced himself, said what his profession was, said yeah. why he's going to beat Tim Storm. You know how he's going to beat Tim Storm, um, and when he's going to beat him, and where he's going to beat him, and you know at what promotion it's going to happen three minutes in and out <laughs> and, and we have you know nine <laughs> hours of tv a week and and it's it, it, it's nuts and it's it's again it's simple it's not reinventing the wheel they're just going back to what wrestling used to be like yeah. it, it seems so weird that like we're, we're and again like i'm throwing roses at these guys because i think they're doing a great job with you know between corrigan and lagana and anybody else that's involved in any way because Brody, they're stripping Brody, out, apparently. yeah apparently he's involved in it too good yeah. for him but because they're stripping away all the bullshit it's just like let's just fucking present it how it was presented for years we don't have to reinvent anything. Like in the social media age, just tell these guys stories and ramp it up a little bit. That's exactly what this Josephus thing was, because this was a real guy, a real professor. He's sitting in a recording studio for God's sakes, talking about how he's professor at X university. I forgot what the university was off the top of my head. But then, you know, the way he talks, his cadence, the way he looks, the way he, you know, he takes his glasses off and stares at the camera. And that's all you need to know. Okay, look, this guy's a real dude, man. But once that bell rings, he's a different cat. And that's what you got from Tim Storm, too. Tim Storm is a school teacher. He breaks open the cold one. He drives the show. But when that bell rings, he's a wrestler. He's the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. It's all about when, when you know, what people do outside of the ring is one thing. But when they get in that ring, that's when they're focused. And that's when they're, you know, the wrestling character. But emphasize what they do outside of the ring. Show that there is some universe outside of the ring. Show that when they leave the arena, they exist. They do stuff. Yeah, and I, and I think another underrated aspect is they're not just getting these wrestlers over. They're getting the title over as something that's coveted that people want. And these indie wrestlers are helping them do the work. 
You know, when you've got Mike Elgin coming out saying, I want to win the NWA world title and Joey Janela and all these people. And imagine what this regime can do for people. What, what Could you even imagine what they can do for a Joey Janela? A guy who's already super creative and, and has a persona. Imagine what these kinds of videos can do for an MJF. I mean, when they get a hold of guys like this, look what they're doing for these people you've never heard of. You know, no disrespect to Tim Storm or Josephus Brody. Okay? You know, but there's a reason that they're Tim Storm and Josephus Brody and Joey Janela and MJF are, are where they are. You know, and, and that, you know, and again, that's no disrespect. But imagine what they could do for people at that level. Imagine what they could do for a big Mike Elgin. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of that in my head right now. The Michael Elgin things are just incredible. I mean, that, that's just like, to unpack that again, it's just like, you know, tell us what your journey has been. And, and Michael Elgin's had a crazy journey. And, and you know, with, with ups and downs and roller coasters and bay. That, you play that into it. You say, what's your story? Cool, let's do it. Like, that's it. it. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's not anything nuts. It's, you know, tell us your story. And Joey Janela's got a great story as well. I mean, this is a guy who, who was around for a long time until yeah. he kind of figured out how to get himself over and stuff. And, and they can use that. That's all stuff you can use. As long as you don't try to act like that these guys are these superhero comic book characters or whatever, it's very easy to tell these stories. It's not yeah. hard at all. Everybody's got a story. I, I say it time and time again, and I'll say it again. Every single wrestler in the world has a story. And if they don't have a story, that's their story. Their story is they're a wrestler and they right. want to win. Right. There's your basic want, story. If you have nothing to tell about a guy, that guy wants to win the title. The end. <laughs> you know, the, with yeah. the Magnus. Magnus really didn't have a story. It was just like, eh, you know, it'd be cool to win the title. You know, Harley Race had that title. That was cool. Like, that's yeah. fine. That's all you need. <laughs> like, that's it's yeah. not, you know. They, they humanized him and said he was the biggest threat to win the title. And that's all they needed to do. Yeah. And- I mean, if you don't have a story for a guy, th- th- that's fine. You're okay. It's, it's, you know, the, the, there's no creative has nothing for you here because the creative is is these people and, and these stories and these matches. And that's it. And it's, it's great. It's, it's just it's amazing. It's taken so long to, to do this. But so this fun. Brody, this Brody match will be a little pit stop. Most, it'll be over by the time most of the people listen to this. And then they're going to they're building towards all a storm all this too already. So that is the direction they're going. They are going to have a rematch. And I, I'm assuming, the, you know, that'll ramp up after this Brody match takes place. And I haven't seen this second video yet. Um, someone just sent it to us, but we're not, you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to taking a look at that uh, when we're done here. And, and I'm, I'm hoping, and I would think you would think that uh, if that match is being filmed, you'd figure they would upload it, right? They're not going to, they're not going to build this match and then not at least show the finish or something. I would think that we're going to get some sort of footage of this, if not the whole match. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, that they seem to be pretty open to that and, and understanding that that's, you know, th- it's a great idea to try to get as much out there and really try to do so. So I, I assume it is. We'll, we'll try to find out if we can, if it'll be up on, on YouTube or, or Facebook or whatever. But uh, I'd imagine they would. I mean, access is, is, is what they're all about right now. So let's try to find that out before we end the show. Yeah, yeah. I just, um, yeah, but, I'll, I'll um, try to dig in right now and see what we can do. But, but, but yeah, the other thing that we should mention, though, to be fair, None of this has drawn a dollar yet. So, and I don't think they're concerned with that. I, 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 that's, that's not their focus at this point in time, but I do think it's important to note that none of this is drawing any money. What they're doing right now is laying the groundwork, rebuilding the title by building the people around it up. And, and I think that's smart because in a lot of people's eyes, Rich, what happens every time someone wins the NWA world title? Inevitably, on message boards, on Twitter, on social media, at wrestling shows, people mock whoever the champion is and they mock the title. So I think it's imp- it's important and I think it's smart to sort of rebuild the prestige. Yeah, build that equity. Build that equity so people don't laugh when 
Axe they, wins it, yes. And when they go, oh, who the fuck is Tim Storm? You know, and that's how far the NWA title is. It's, it's, you always hear that shit no matter who it is, whether it's Rob Conway or, you know, any of the recent champions, Jax Dane, you always heard that kind of stuff. You want to go back further before the uh, Tharp era when it was, you know, yeah, you bouncing over, you know, people were buying the title when it, you know, whether it was the Almighty Sheik or whoever else. Kagus. Kagus, our guy. <laughs> yeah, Kagus, he was the first champion of the, uh, the, the Tharp era after Cabana and, uh, Pierce abandoned the title in Australia. Yeah, the mighty yeah, Tokyo Monster Cahagas. And <laughs> um, but but so I think it's important and it's smart that they're rebuilding the prestige of the belt. And like I said, these indie these indie guys are doing the work for them. When you've got big name indie wrestlers saying that they want to win this belt, you know, people will start paying attention. So uh, it's gonna be featured on 10 pounds of gold. So I think it'll just be clips or it'll at least be a most of the match, but it's gonna be featured on 10 pounds of gold. So you okay. will see clips in the match, but you might not see the entire match. Right. As far as we know right now, we'll, we'll try to dig in a little bit more if we can get, but uh, the word we did get back was that it will be featured on 10 pounds of gold. So, okay. So we'll see some kind of, you'll see it. You'll see something. You'll see the finish. You'll see parts of the match. You'll see something. So it's not like it's just going to happen and you'll never hear about it again and never see it ever again. You'll see something from it, but yeah, that's, that's good. That's uh that's positive. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what's going on in the NWA. So it's our weekly uh, NWA thing. But hey, we're excited about it. And we're here's know, the you... thing: if it's if if it remains buzzworthy, and people are still talking about it, we will talk about it. Yeah, I mean that's that's really how this show works. You know, it's I, we had a, I had an interesting conversation with someone, and it led to a larger conversation. Um, that it's like, you know, how do you decide what you're going to talk about on the show, or why don't you talk about this promotion, or why don't you talk about it? Was Chikara was the promotion that was yeah. brought up to me, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you. You saw the conversation I had with with whoever that was. I don't remember who. I apologize if they're listening. But um, my whole thing was, look, there's no buzz around Chikara, you know. And 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 we used to talk about Chikara regularly, you know, 2013 ish, I guess it would be fair to say before the shutdown. You know, we talk about all Chikara's big shows. We'd pay for them and watch them and and talk Chikara. But they, you know, they lost all their buzz with that shutdown. Never regained it when they built back. And you know, and we're just not interested in it. And that doesn't help either. You know, we're going to talk about things that we're interested in, number one, and we're going to talk about things that are buzzworthy. You have to, you know, so uh, that's what this show is about. So as long as the NWA remains, as long as they keep doing a good job and people keep talking about it and it remains interesting, we will keep talking about it. And then look, that 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 was the same for the Tharp era, to be fair. I mean, we talked about NWA. Nobody talked about it. I mean, we were talking about it because they were doing things that were interesting, the New Japan relationships and you know, putting their, their titles on on more interesting people and bigger stars. Because they had a nice run there where, you know, their world champions were people like Satoshi Kojima and Rob Conway and yeah. Hiroshi Tenzan. Their tag team champions were Killer Elite Squad. And, you know, they were putting their belts on viable commodities. Their junior champion at one point was, was you know, uh, Tiger Mask and, 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 you know, Chase Owens came in and people like that. Jushin Liger was getting involved and was the champion at one point as well. Uh, he lost to uh, – to your boy, Steve Anthony in Las Vegas. Um, so, so, you know, you, when you've got your titles on Jushin Liger and, you know, um, you know, guys like Rob Conway and Satoshi Kojima and Killer Lee, we're going to talk about it. You know, they had a good thing going there for a while until it all came apart at the seams and it kind of faded from our, uh, you know, consciousness. And, and, you know, now this new regime is, is doing interesting things. And as long as it remains interesting, we will continue to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always every, every topic we do on the show is, is a combination of things that are buzzworthy, things that people want to listen to, and then things that we are interested in. We want to talk about. So it's, it's always kind of a 50, 50 thing. We're never going to be one way or another. We're never just going to be, here's what Joe and I like, and that's all we're going to talk about. And we're never going to be, here's what everybody else wants to hear us talk about. We're always going to be that blend of the two. And that's, that's... There, there's plenty of wrestling. I think that both of us watch that never come up on the show. 
Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's we both, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of local indies that I follow that. I, no, I, same here. Yeah. I don't come on here and break down the Lions Pride sports results after I go to a, you know, a, a Houston Carson show. I mean, you know, I, you know, you don't come on here and talk about every indie show you go to or, you know, whatever it is that you're watching. There's, there's promotions I pay attention to that, that we don't talk about here, you know, so, um, you know, it, it, it's a combination of things, you know, is it interesting? And are we interested in it is basically what it comes down to, you know, cause there's a, there's an old, you know, philosophy uh, that I like to follow that, you know, in, in order to be interesting, you have to be interested, you know? And I, and I think that kind of ties into a lot of the abuse we take from people where they claim that, you know, our WWE segments, which is going to be the next, the rest of the show, people, <laughs> in. Are, aren't very interesting because we don't sound interested. And that plays into that in order to be interesting, you know, you have to be interested in what you're talking about. So. All right, so before we get to that uh, much-anticipated WWE segment, I do want to let everybody know that this episode of the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast is sponsored by our friends at Dollar Shave Club. And by now, everybody knows that Dollar Shave Club ships amazing razors for a few bucks. Well, Joe and I have been members for quite a while, and we both love our amazing shaves. What you might not know, though, and we did not, is that Dollar Shave Club also promotes products for pretty much everything else that you need in the bathroom, whether it be body wash, shampoo, hair gel, lip balm, everything. Dollar Shave Club makes it easy and convenient for you to upgrade your shave and your bathroom. Just like their razors, everything is super high quality and left me and Joe looking and feeling amazing. From premium ingredients to sophisticated scents, Dollar Shave Club is changing the game. And if you're like Joe and I and you're sick of the nonsense at the store, now's the time to try out Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time only, Dollar Shave Club is basically giving away their shit shower and shave starter set to new members. For only five bucks, this starter set features their executive razor three trial-sized versions of their most popular products that will help you stay fresh and clean in your first box. You will receive the shave butter, the body wash, and of course, the One Wipe Charlie Butt Wipes. Cannot pass up the One Wipe Charlie Butt Wipes. Anyway, you'll receive their executive razor, which includes a premium weighted handle and a full cassette of cartridges as well. After the first box, replacement cartridges are sent for only a few bucks per month. And this offer is exclusively available at Dollar Shave Club dot com slash voices that's dollar shave club dot com slash voices dollar shave clubs high quality products will have you covered from face cheeks to butt cheeks there's no better time to try out the club dollar shave club dot com slash voices all right where do you want to go we got war games we got survivor series I, chronological i think is probably the best move right start with nxt go to survivor series that's fine i don't have a problem right. with that all right let's do that so let's talk about nxt here so uh you're are you call all caught up with nxt tv did you watch this week's go home show the I just haven't seen the last uh, most recent show. That's it. Okay, you really missed absolutely nothing. So it's not a problem. There's a lot of people stared at each other and their videos played. So that's about all you need to know about the the go home show there. So not a big deal. It was fine. Like I I, I was a little disappointed in it because I don't think it had you know a, a quite enough juice. But it's like NXT go home shows are always kind of this way. It's guys staring at each other in promo videos. So it is what it is. But uh, anyway, this is a show. Maybe before we get down match by match, what what is your anticipation level for War Games? And I, I say that in the sense that. I know that last time we, we came here and we we're like, oh, this takeover, I don't know. We understand, I, I, and I'm fully admitting right now that I, I it, no matter what I feel about the show going in, that it will deliver and it will deliver well because you, you've always said never bet against an NXT show. And this is one again that, like, I'm sure I'm going in like, ah, you know, this build and da, 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 but it's not going to matter because it's going to fucking roll when it's all said and done. They always do. And, and so, you know, aside from if, if any complaint about the build or whatever, is fully understanding that the matches and, and the entire event probably will deliver when it's all said and done on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that was going to be my talking point. This is the least interesting takeover on paper ever, in my opinion, to me. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong at all, yeah. I, I'm not interested. There's like one match on this entire show that I care about coming in. Um, but it's a takeover. 
And there's, 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 it's foolish to bet against takeover. They're always awesome. So there's no reason for me to think that this won't be awesome. And I'm not going to say that one, it won't be until I see it happen. So I fully anticipate it to deliver just based on precedent. I think that the, um, the, uh, the, the NXT crew, I think they get jacked up for these and they all make sure they do a great job. And um, I, I do think it'll be a, a great show, but I think that this one has the biggest uphill battle of any of them yet. Uh, so let's let's start with the main event here. This is the big match that everyone's talking about. It's the War Games match. The authors of Pain, Ackerman Razor, and Roderick Strong uh, versus Sanity versus the Undisputed Era, which is, of course, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. So a little breakdown of the rules here. So this is the, now they officially announced it. Triple H officially claimed it. It's, it's all set in stone. So people are freaking out and going nuts or whatever. Kind of want your thoughts on this. But uh, here are the official rules from the WWE website for this War Games match. So you have the three-member teams of sanity uh, of course eric young eric, alexander wolf killian day and undisputed era uh and the authors of painted roger strong will wage war inside a massive steel cage that surrounds two rings this is i'm gonna read it word for word of how they did so if you're wondering why there's weird words in here that, that's why so all three teams will be contained inside separate shark cages by the entranceway with a member from each team as chosen by his respective squad starting the match after five minutes the remaining members from one team will be released from their shark cage and allowed to enter the match when another three-minute period elapses, the remaining members from a second team are released to the Shark Cage and enter the match. Following another three-minute period, the final team's member uh, members are released from their Shark Cage and enter the match. Once all three teams have entered the War Games match, a victory can be attained via pinfall or submission. So a few things to talk about here. Um, you got the two rings, surrounded by two rings, is what they say, not covered by two rings, surrounded by two rings. There is no roof on this War Games cage. Are you upset by that, Joe? Does it get you to the core? Are you so upset that you can barely contain yourself? What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on, on the no roof to the War Games match? These aren't rules that you've read off. No, they, they confirmed it, too. Triple H confirmed it earlier today, too. So you have not been worked again with the rules? I, I have not, no. Okay. Um, because they sound eerily similar, to be completely honest with you. Um, of the, <laughs> right, the, that's what I mean. That's why I didn't get I, the, I, like. I got worked, but I, did I? Like, because they're kind of the same. <laughs> of the fake rules that Barry Murphy made up um, and worked everybody with. Um, look, I, I I don't care that there's no roof. Um, I know that some people do, but here's the thing: I don't care about war games. Yeah, there's you know, kind of. The- it, it, that's kind of the disclaimer here. I never gave a shit about war games. You know, I'm not a stipulation guy. And I was, I never, I, I think all of the war games matches are overrated. I, I was never in any of them. Even the 92 match that people go nuts about apologies to Mikey Falcone. Mikey, you're my guy. Okay. You're my pal. I know you love that match. It's the match you watch. Uh, what is it, every Thanksgiving or every Christmas? What is it that Mikey watches the war games? 92. I, I just, I, I don't even Thanksgiving. I would imagine Thanksgiving, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I forget what holiday it is, but uh, you know, I, I, I even think that matches. Right. People love that one. The, you know, the dangerous Alliance one. Um, I, they're all overrated to me. Look, I'm not a blood guy. I'm not a blood and guts guy. I, I think cage matches usually just, they don't land for me. The war games concept is kind of goofy in my opinion. I'm not a war games guy. And this isn't really war games anyway. And uh, it's got three teams, which is weird. The the rules are a little different, and um, you know, it, you got your shark cages, and for some reason, I mean, I don't even know what the point of that is. They love their shark cages. They must have. They either got a really bad deal when they bought those shark cages, and they have to like make up their money on those, or because people bring up that they have like shark cage toys that are out now, and that's a big reason why. But like, it's got to be something else. They're fucking obsessed with the shark cage. Like, how many times have we seen the shark cage in the last year and a half? I mean, Enzo was in a fucking shark cage like a few months ago. Remember? 
Yeah, and he slipped out with the uh, lubrication. <laughs> with the KY jelly, yeah. So that- listen, listen, a man always has to carry lube with him. You know, I, I, I <laughs> you also, never know what situation you're going to be in. So. I, I adhere to that rule as well. You always have to have lube with you. But um, you always have to in your car. If if I went to your car right now, Joe, is there lube? You know, you're going to ruin my gimmick, but there is no lube in my. Oh, car. okay. Now, will you find lube in you know the dresser drawer next to the bed, next to the other gimmicks? Yes, you'll find some lube. Uh, but you know, not is it not flavored. Is it like one of the because they had the weird ones where like you know you blow on it and it gets hot or it changes color. Any anything of those? Or are you a straight man? You're just a you know, old school. You know, Rich, this may surprise you, but it shouldn't. I am not into Chikara lubes. Okay, yeah, that's. I just listen. Lubes have a purpose. There's like caramel ones and shit, and like it's just there's a lot of weird. ones. None of these flavors. None of these gimmicks that heat up. No, the lube has a purpose, and that is to lubricate. Okay, I don't need any of those shenanigans. You know, it's really bad. It sounds terrifying that. anyway. It's not great. Yeah, I'll admit that. Did uh, you burn your balls with some heat up lube? I, it, yeah, yeah. It was you not did? my idea, but yeah, it wasn't with the nurse either. So At least you were with but, a nurse. Oh, it wasn't with the nurse. No, it was not with the nurse. No, no. no. I was going to say, if you were with a registered nurse, she could help nurse your balls <laughs> back to health when they, when they were set on fire with this heat up lube, you know? But uh, I'm not into the gimmick lube. I'm not into Chikara lubes. I'm just not. That's, you know, maybe yeah, Mike can... Quackenbush is doing all that, but I, I'm not into that. <laughs> I'm sure he is, but uh, you can, like, blew sure on it, is. and then it just got really hot, and I'm like, I don't want this. Like, why would I want this? Like, this is not. Yeah, yeah. In and any I mean, way, like, it, this is not what the goal was of, of this entire thing. Was I'm not a vanilla man, but it's just the Chikara lubes can get lost. I'm just yeah, not interested. They're... I don't need watermelon-flavored lube. I, I just don't need it. <laughs> Okay, it's not happening. I just needed to do its job, which is to you know, lubricate, loosen up orif- orifices. You know, that's, that's what it's for. Um, <laughs> you could have. That is the least sexy way you could say. Well, what loosen up orifices. Okay. All right, listen. <laughs> you find a least sexy way to to. to okay, mention. fine. You've ripped open this can of worms. Then I, they're for butt sex. What do you want from there me? That's okay. what the lube's for. Okay, you want to do some anal. It's 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 you know it, you're you're gonna need some lube you know you don't need the lube I mean I've I've done you know I've done the anal without the lube you know I, as Jenna Jameson always likes to say saliva is the best lube so you know you can you can, listen this is your fault that it went in this direction yeah it is I, yeah this is our I, we're 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 technically in the beginning of our two but yeah I, I really apologize I stayed clinical with it I used proper terminology I used orifice I think that. <laughs> <laughs> I kept things scientific, but you wanted me to go down this road, so you're gonna have to veer me the back. Because yes, the war games, yeah. So no yeah I don't care that there's it? no. I do not care that there's no roof. I do not care about war games, and I do not really care about whatever this reasonable facsimile of war games is that they're presenting. I am just hoping for some wild action, an enjoyable match. Um, I'm not particularly into the story here. Ironically enough, I'm way more into uh, Josephus Brody versus Tim Storm than I am who than I am into whoever wins this you know clusterfuck of a match. I really don't care, um, which which hurts it too. I have no personal or, or emotional investment in any of these three teams. I just want to see wild shenanigans, crazy bumps, people doing things that are bad for their health, and I think that the removal of the of the roof can actually provide that. You know, and I oh, think for sure. No, someone's coming off that cage. Someone's definitely doing like a tope or you know, or yeah. some sort of flip. You know, like or Nikki Cross is going to come and interfere and jump off the top and onto like ten people or whatever. And that's for sure happening. You know, that it's. And I think Triple H specifically referred to that as well. He said that it opens things up to do more creative things and the business right. evolves. And, yada and, yada and, yada. And yeah, and like people bringing up about the no roof. And, and again, for what it's worth, I don't really necessarily care all that much about the roof or no roof or whatever. Right? The stipulations don't matter to me all that much. And I get that there are people that do care about war games, and I'm, I'm glad they do. You know, obviously check out our war games we cover. 
coverage that we did last week on, on voicewrestling.com. We reviewed every single War Games, which is really cool. So voicewrestling.com, look that up, War Games Week. But um, and yeah, we had a lot of good feedback on that. People talking about their favorite matches, all this sort of stuff. So I know that there are people that are really invested in War Games. Me, I'm not one of those people. Like I've watched some of the matches and you know, there's some that I enjoy. There's some that I didn't. It, it's For me, the gimmick doesn't really do a whole lot. It, it, to me, it really wasn't a great gimmick. But what, what you have, though, is without the roof is then now you've taken the action and you've made it a little bit more high-flying, a little bit more daring, a little bit that, which is what you kind of need in a modern quote-unquote war games, even though this isn't technically a war games, but you can't have the blood and guts. I mean, the old war games were all about, you know, Dustin Rhodes bleeding like a pig, you know, Arn Anderson getting busted open and rubbing someone's face into the cage or whatever and blood everywhere and dudes wearing white shirts and all that. You know, that's what war games used to be. And it can't be that anymore. It's not going to be that. And so you need to then loosen it up a little bit. And if it's just these guys that are kind of contained to this ring with no blood and no brutality or whatever, you're going to lose a little bit. So yeah, there's one of the evolutions of the, the, the wrestling business is that, all right, well, let's get it more skyward. Let's have more jumping. You know, before the, you know, Sid, Sid couldn't even do a goddamn power bomb in the old war games cage. And they're going to have guys that are going to be able to climb up and do some stuff and have some fun or whatever. The shark cage gimmick is pretty lame. Like that, that I could kind of do without. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, in terms of the intervals when people come in, it, it is what it is. I mean, I, again, like I, I'm kind of the same way as you. I don't think I hated war games as much as as maybe you did or, or, or didn't care for them nearly as much as, but for me, they're just like, they're okay. Like the matches more times than not weren't that great. There's like a few that I really actually thought were good wrestling matches and the rest were just kind of clusterfucks. Uh, so I, I don't know. Yeah, it is what it is. But the big issue that I have is not necessarily what's in the war games or what the rules are or whatever. It's just that I don't know that this match or this feud really needed this big sort of blow off ish stipulation you, you know what i mean like it just kind of felt like it wasn't because you know i binge watched a lot of nxt in the last few days and it's just like i'm watching this feud i'm watching this feud progress knowing that the war games is happening i'm like all right when is it really gonna like get that little juice that it needs for the war games and then william real just comes out and says yeah we're having a war games and i'm like ah that's it like it wasn't i, I don't think it necessitated it at all and that, that's there one of the issues there have been have. hotter issues in nxt than this one that yeah can... it just seems like the, for, for to really unearth this this gimmick that hasn't been used in 20 years and and they've done a really good job of, of talking about the evolution of war games and talking about how important war games and as what it means or whatever they did a really good video two weeks ago that were like guys talking about like oh you know you leave part of yourself in that ring and you're dead you know all this sort of stuff and it's like yeah that that's true but then you know why this match is just kind of like a bunch of people that have a little bit of an argument for a few weeks and it's like all right let's get them in war games and let's dust this thing off that we haven't done you know in 20 years or whatever so that that's probably my biggest complaint is that i don't i just don't know that it needed this sort of stipulation even if it wasn't working if it was a cage match i don't think it needed that either it just didn't seem like there was enough juice to this feud with that being said the match is still gonna be pretty good like i, I i'm fully expecting it to be even though it is probably the match that i'm least looking forward to on this entire show it's probably the match that's going to deliver you know not maybe not the most, but but at least at that same level, and it might deliver the most. It might be an awesome match. It might be a killer match that we all talk about for for you know the rest of the year. Maybe it makes matches. I don't know, but it, it's yeah. The, to me, the build is just kind of been lackluster, and I think one of the big issues for me is always going to be is when a lot of it revolves around Adam Cole. I mean, I, I waited for years, and people were like, "Oh, Adam, go, just wait till Adam Cole goes to NXT. He's saving himself. He's saving himself." All right, <laughs> okay. When does the saving stop? Because it just doesn't fucking do a thing for me, Adam Cole. Nothing. Zero. I'm with you. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm waiting to get it. I'm waiting to get the Adam Cole. Well, I'm on like year six of like sitting and being like, all right, let's see. Nope, didn't work. Like him and Roderick Strong, just the match. <laughs> just okay. And it's, I don't know. Maybe this and, is the moment. Maybe this Roder- match will be and, it. I don't know. And Roderick Strong has been low-key awesome on NXT. Yes. Oh, yeah. Great. And uh, him and Adam Cole had a match. Yeah. 
it's just like i don't know i'm, no, I'm waiting and i'll see and maybe this will be a big moment i mean he did he did excel in sort of the hardcore ish stuff or the kind of the brawl stuff so so maybe this is a good opportunity for him but yeah when, when a lot of the stuff revolves around adam cole i tend to so i think that's been one of my issues with the build as well is that you know when adam cole's a central figure in it it's hard to really get that invested for me because he's not really doing a whole lot and, and o'reilly and fish have been fine but they seem kind of like background players a little too much for my own good because i think they're way better than that as well they so. are i think that they are that's exactly what they are they're um you know, good, solid veteran hands, you know, I, I, that's, I mean, that's what Bobby fish is, but unfortunately I think that's what Kyle O'Reilly is, uh, in their eyes. Yeah. At least at this point. And, you know, um, it's like Roderick strong had, you know, he had, he did great stuff with Bobby Roode. I thought, um, when Roode was in NXT. Hmm. Oh, that was the best stuff that Bobby Roode did in NXT. Far and oh, away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not even close. Not and, even and, close and surprise, surprise, circling back to the beginning of the show. It was all that great Roderick Strong character work. Yep. Showing his background, showing his wife, showing his new baby, showing his journey. And you were into it. And then it delivered between the bells too. And you know, he had and he had Bobby Roode, this arrogant fucking prick. He's he's talking down to Roderick Strong. He's he's uh, you know, he's uh telling his wife, come be with a real man, you know, that old school kind of shit. And it just all fucking worked. And then the matches were good too. And um, you know, the the yeah, so I don't know. I don't I just Cole. I don't know. He doesn't work for me either. But um, look, I, I I agree. I think it'll be good at minimum. I think it has a chance to be real good. Um, even though we sat here and buried it for ten minutes, I think this match could be absolutely wild. I just have no personal investment in it. Yeah, and I look at a few of the names too, and you might look at the names and nothing really jumps off the page. But I mean, the Office of Pain had a great. I mean, that ladder match with, with Gargano and Ciampa was awesome. I mean, those dudes can yep. can really work when when it's when they have a time to plan something out and really figure it out. And I have no doubt. I mean, obviously they're with Roger Strong. You know, Roger's going to deliver as well. And and Sanity, for whatever it's worth, you know, Eric Young's not my favorite wrestler, you know, at all. And but those are guys that are willing to take risks and do crazy things. So those hey, are look, kind of- Eric. Eric Young's gonna be great in this match. Oh no, he's he's definitely I'm gonna jump off my right thing. Now, go he's back. gonna be yeah, great in this yeah. match. Yeah, this he's is been, his environment. And he's been pretty good in NXT. I don't have any complaints about Eric Young. He's been good here. But I think I I think he came in with me being a bigger fan of his than you anyway. I think I've always liked him a little more than you. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But 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 he's I think he's been good. And I think Killian Dane is another guy who's been low-key awesome in NXT, especially he's good, yeah. when he's been given a chance to have singles matches. There's a lot of people here who can do some things. I agree that Authors of Pain should thrive in this setting. You know Bobby Fish is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world, I've, you know, and, and Kyle O'Reilly is great. I, honestly, Adam Cole is one of the one or two biggest question marks for me in this match. But <laughs> It's like Adam Cole and Alexander Wolf are like the two ones that I'm not sure about. Like, that's, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, Cole legitimately could be the ninth best guy in this match. Yeah. But, the, but the thing about it is, you, I think you made a good point that you slipped in there. He does kind of thrive in these settings because two, <laughs> arguably his two most memorable matches of all time or the Kyle O'Reilly match, which was just sort of that vicious, stiff. Remember that where they both got busted open? What was that, like Final Battle 2011 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, many, many years ago. Yeah, the, the breakup. Right, whatever it was. And whatever, then, yeah. Yeah, and then also the uh, the match against Jay Briscoe. Um, you know, right. With, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. With the thumbtacks in the mouth. I thought that was an excellent match, too. And those were, you know, brawl. Interestingly enough, he might be a better, like, bloodbath style wrestler than anything else that he does. You know, it's like. Uh, you know, the, the guy shows up at Wrestle Kingdom and he has a three-star match. You know, the guy, um, you know, works these ROH main events and you just come away like, that's it, you know? But yeah, maybe he's better in this kind of setting. So who knows? But I, I do expect it to be wild at minimum. Yeah, no, I expect it to be really good as well. Um, so we'll move on to the uh, Fatal 4-Way matches for the vacant NXT Women's Championship. Of course, Asuka vacated the title and it's up for grabs here with uh, Ember Moon, uh, Kyrie Sane, Nikki Cross, and Peyton Royce. What are your thoughts about this NXT Women's Fatal 4-Way? 
Well, I'd like to see Ember Moon versus Carrie Sane. I don't need Nikki Cross and Peyton Ross, Royce involved. Or give me Ember Moon versus Nikki Cross. Give me Carrie Sane. I just want a singles match, Rich. We've, we've gone over this yeah. with New Japan a million times. But they're going to give you the four-way. They're going to shoehorn people onto this thing. Uh, again, I think this will probably be good. Um, but I, I would much rather see a singles match. I, I will say this. I want Sane to win. I think that, if nothing else, the Asuka-Ember Moon match has convinced me that I want Moon to maybe never win this title or win it when she's truly on the way out. I like the emotion she showed when she lost to Asuka. I think that's been the most interesting she's been on her entire NXT run when she showed that emotion in, in losing. Um, I think that her gimmick is a little too over the top and that humanized her to some extent. And I would like to see her a little more humanized and I would like to see her in the constant chase position. That's where I, that's where I want my Ember Moon. Yeah. And it was a good story. They played up. I mean, Peyton Royce has been playing it up and, and I think it's really something that has a lot more legs than just like this month where people can kind of say, Hey, look, you can't win the big one. Like, yeah. you And, and she could, and she could always beat these other people, but then when the big time comes, she just doesn't get it. And that's a cool story to tell. Like she wins the title right now. It's just like, well, what, what, what's the next story for Ember Moon? What's the next little, and, and, and I'm hundred percent with you. I, I, I don't want her winning the title now. And I don't want her winning the title for a while. I love the idea that she's just kind of this one that, that, can win every other time, but when takeover happens, when it's a big time match, you just cannot get it done. And that's, it's a cool story to tell. I mean, you can get people over by doing that if you do it well and they will build build to that moment. And this is not the moment. It's too soon. I wouldn't do it here. It wouldn't have the same impact, you know? So if this were WWE proper, I'd have no confidence that they're going to tell this story properly. I have confidence in NXT. That's why I think we're disappointed that the main event doesn't have enough. isn't a big enough feud to justify the step. Because it's NXT. One of the other problems, too, is that there's not really any – what are they fighting for? I mean, it's just kind of like guys – and when it's all said and done, what's going to happen? Do any of these lives change? Does anything differ – when this is all said and done, I mean, not really. And that's that's the problem is NXT. Every takeover, every every match used on a takeover is like there's a clear idea that like okay, you know, wrestler X is now doing it will can now move on to this while wrestler Y now has to do this. Like it's always the, the stakes are always there, and that Morgan's match just doesn't really have that. Yeah, and it's like if this were the main roster, we would just joke and mock them for doing a match like this with no build. On NXT, it lets us down a little bit because we expect right. better from NXT, and I expect better here too. I expect a sane or, or even one of the other girls to win this. Yeah. I expect Nikki cross is actually the pick that I have. And I, I've seen a lot of other people mention her too. I think anybody, I, I think sane is, is a good story, but I think you can build that up a little bit more too. I like Nikki cross winning the title right here. I, I don't know. It just seems to work really well. Peyton Royce, I think has, has next to zero chance of winning it. I wouldn't even mind if Royce won, honestly, just maybe have an asshole heel champion that they all can chase. That's true. Right? Yeah. That wouldn't be the worst thing either. Um, but moon would be my fourth pick. And, um, I don't know if I'd put it on cross either. I, I don't know if I, I think I, I don't know. I don't know if I want her as my champion. Yeah, I no, think- I, I, if I was going to pick, I'd probably pick Sane because I think that works a little bit. Well, I probably pick Sane, um, Royce cross and then Ember moon last is, is probably my order that I would do. I just think that they're going to have Nikki cross, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool because we're really left with any, any of the four have a potential to win on, on this night. And that's kind of cool. They've Go sort of, with Sane. Put over the May young classic, you know, that's true. That, that's probably the best move to do if they, if they want to do that. Yeah. I think, um, What's cool, though, and, and, and it was mentioned in our uh, preview as well, we have it up at uh, VoiceRacing.com, I think uh, Alex Wendland put it up there, is that it was kind of cool that, you know, you had Asuka where she, she had this dominant run, and she was absolutely just buzzsawing through the division, and now you have a, a situation where, like, any of these four can win. It's, like, completely up for grabs. Like, the division is, you know, she's 
decimated everybody so much that it's just like the hierarchy, the, the, the tiers, there's not really any tiers. It's like anybody is just looking to establish themselves in this division right now because the, the you know, the buzzsaw, the, the juggernaut is gone. And now it's like, okay, now we have to kind of realign and, and figure out who's best, who's worse, who's all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of cool. And I think that they will do a good job of whoever does win this now will become the new, you know, sort of big hot shot in NXT women's division right now. So yeah, I think you can do a really good job with, 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 with any of these really, but I, yeah, moon would be definitely my last to do it. And then the other three, uh, I think are negligible at that point. If I do saying cross or, or, or Peyton Rice, I think it could all work. I move on here to the NXT championship. You have drew McIntyre, the champion defending against Andrea seen Almas. What are you even thinking about this build? I've, I'm enjoying it. Well, yeah, they finally got Almas over. So, um, you know, I don't think he'll win. I think I see a, there's sort of a groundswell of people who think Almas can and should win. Um, I think that's good when people buy into these challengers, right? I mean, oh, for sure, yeah. Um, but but I don't think he will. I think they'll keep it on McIntyre for uh, for a little longer. Um, uh, it actually would surprise me a little if Almas won, honestly. Um, but yeah, th- this to me, I'm hoping this is the best match on the show because I think if these guys knock it out of the park, they can have a match of the year caliber match. So. From that perspective, I'm hoping it delivers to to its max capabilities because uh, I think it'd be a really cool match. Yeah, I, I really like the story, and I and I like that the idea, like you said, it. What's cool about people caring about the finish or or, or being invested in and somebody winning is that they care enough about the title and they care enough about the booking that it's worth a discussion. You know what I mean? Like it's you can have a discussion that I think almost should win, or you know, I, I think they are going to have almost win or whatever. Just the fact that you can have that and the response isn't well, who the fuck cares? You, they probably will. You know what I mean? Like the shrug, yeah, who knows? Whatever. Like it's like anytime there's a title change in this company, it's always a very important thing. Nothing is just done to do it. And that's, what's kind of cool about this almost thing is because like, if you say, Oh, I think almost is going to win. It's like, all right, well, what's your, you kind of have to defend your point and talk about it a little bit and, and discuss why you think he's, he's a great choice or whatever. And that's cool. Like everything has meaning and, and you can't just throw out a random result and just be like, ah, whatever, who the hell cares? Maybe who, whatever, you know, it's just like, okay, well, why do you think almost should win or, or is it the right time for him? Well, then what do you do with McIntyre and all this? And it's cool that we have these sort of discussions about NXT. And, and I think it's having those discussions, is the big reason why I don't think that almost is going to win, because I think then you're really left with what, does Drew McIntyre do after that? I mean, I think, I think Drew just kind of fits right now as that champion. I don't know if long term that's the best route, but but for almost it doesn't. I don't know if it quite works as well if he wins it. I don't quite know what you do with it. I don't know quite know what what Drew McIntyre does with it, unless you want to have somebody interfere and then that sort of kickstarts a McIntyre feud. But that's again not not how they've really told their stories as well. It's usually like the guy that wins a title, particularly the NXT Championship, is the guy that sort of reached that level and earned it, and then when they get that title they keep it for a while. So that's, it's always kind of cool in the booking. They do that. And, and I don't know that they have that much confidence almost right now. And I don't know if they really have that next story for, for McIntyre ready to go. So I agree that McIntyre wins, but I think that almost having a really competitive match, a really good match will do a lot for him. And, and, and maybe he doesn't win the title when it's all said and done, but it, it proves that, okay, this guy got serious, you know, Zelina Vega got behind him and got into his, his head or whatever. And this guy is now a force. And now he didn't win the title on this night. But he can win it down the line, or he he can be a force down the line. I think that'd be a better story to tell than him winning the title right now. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's not the obviously the War Games match is the big focus here. Um, so you know, McIntyre's not even in a main event position really here. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 most looking forward to this match out of anything else on the show. 
Yeah, it's just great for me to see almost in it because that was a guy who was just like floating in space and he had no idea what he was doing. He had the weird gimmick, the dancing gimmick, and nobody liked it. And you could tell the guy was uncomfortable. And you were just waiting for him. Like he looked like he was one foot out the door. And they've they've gotten it. They figured it out. And a big thing that they did is again accentuate the positives and hide the negatives. He doesn't talk anymore. You know, he'll say one or two words. He'll say them in Spanish. He'll smirk or whatever. But Zelina does all the heavy lifting. And it's like, there you, again, pro wrestling for years and years and years. What are you good at? Okay, let's do that. What are you bad at? Okay, let's not have you do that. We'll give you a manager. Right, exactly. You can't talk. You don't know the language. Wow, well, fuck it. Go out there and try to talk and go out there and try to r- cut shitty promos. That or, didn't work. Or, and nobody cared you, about it. Or if you can't talk, we'll pretend you don't know the language and we'll make you Mongolian. you know we'll turn you you know and then we'll give you a manager you know so yeah it's it's yeah it's just it's the way things were done So they figured it out and they were like all right look you don't know the language you're not good at the promos you're you're good at kind of looking like a dickhead and then good at sort of portraying that character so good we'll have you do that we'll give you a talking you know a, a, a manager that talks for you and you're good to go and it's like boom there you go it's again it's not hard it's just like find out what these people are good at and 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 utilize that and what they're not good at, you figure out ways to cover it up. And it's just like, it's not hard at all. So Zelina, she's a great character. She's one of the most compelling characters in this entire show right now because she's just great at cutting promos and great at, at that presence and almost just has to sit there and sort of smirk and, and, and nod his head or whatever and, and be the guy who delivers in the ring. And he can do that. And so I'm really excited about this match for that reason. You know, I don't expect her to be employed long. Number one, she's with Austin Aries, which is you're going to get heat from that. Number two is... She kind of breaks the fourth wall on Twitter when she insinuates that Almas is basically plowing his way through Florida. I mean, she's got to take it easy with some of that stuff. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen some of this stuff. I don't think I have, no. <laughs> I mean, she's just real sassy on Twitter. Like, you know, you know, people will, you know, other, you know, Peyton Royce or whoever will tweet her, like, you know, within character or whatever. And then she just she just always finds a way to throw in the fact that Almas is basically banging everything in sight in Florida. I mean, I don't know how she's getting away with it. But I'm not making any of this up. I mean, it's all. I'm going to have to go check this out. I, I don't know if I've seen any of this. So. Yeah. So, I mean, she's, you know, she better pump the brakes on that stuff, you know. But, um, yeah. So, um, should be a good match. Are you sure that's not in character? Are you sure uh, him, him plowing it through Florida is in character? If that's part of his gimmick, I don't know. I, I did, It hasn't been obvious to me, but she's always <laughs> making reference to shit like that, you know. So, um, I don't know. Um, all right, a few matches here left to go. We got Aleister Black versus the Velveteen Dream. Joe, what have you thought about this? It's been kind of a, a unique build in NXT, but I don't know. I've kind of liked it. Yeah, you got the the, the, the serious uh, shooter, the kickboxer, whatever he is, this creepy dude who, who just no nonsense, kicks you in the head, beats you in the middle of the ring versus sort of this gold dust like figure. Um, and I guess he's not all that much like gold dust. Yeah, getting kind of that. I don't know. Just a weird purple clad uh, bizarre person. Um, look, people are into velvet. That, what was the word that Vince would always use to not because he never wanted to say gay? The bizarre gold dust, right? Or the he said uh, the bizarre gold dust, and he said orthodox. Oh, or um, oh, there was a word that he used. You're uh, right. You're right. And fuck, if, what was that if, word? It was like because he didn't want to say that he like he enjoys right. sex with like. Oh man, what was it? He never. Yeah, you're right. They never overtly. Vince oh, never called him. Great word, and now I'm blanking on it. Fuck. Yeah, you're right. I can't remember either. I can't remember either. But I think Vince wanted to always keep those lines blurred with gold dust too. I'm, I don't necessarily think it was an aversion to saying gay. I think that had something to do with it, but I also think they always wanted to blur the lines with like Marlena and things like that. Um, but, but, you know, until Jerry Lawler took it into his own hands. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause he never was actually but, supposed to be, and, and that was kind of a thing. Like, I think that he yeah. never was supposed to actually be gay. Like you're saying, but, oh, what was that word? Fuck. <laughs> he was, he was sort of, to me, it was always playing off of other people's homophobia. 
Right, exactly. Like, why does this bother you? Like, and it's kind of a cool, like, Razor Ramon, like, why are you so bothered by me, like, touching your hair or whatever? And, like, you know, right, and, these guys and here's the thing. And he'd beat them because even, they were so worried about it. Right. Ahmed Johnson, he would call him Mandingo and try to kiss him. Like, it's like, really, it was really some, uh, you know, ahead of its time. It was like before the Attitude Era, even, that they were doing that stuff. This is, we're talking 1995, you know? Um, you know, the, 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 the what were they, what they call that era? The, um, uh, the new generation, the new, the generation. new yeah, that yeah, was like right. before the Attitude Era, and 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 see, I don't even know if the intent was to have Goldust be this guy who preys on your you know deeply hidden homophobia, but that's at least how it came off. I don't even know if they were smart enough to do that on purpose, but that's how it came across, and that's why I always thought it was super clever and super interesting. But yeah, so I don't know if Vince, part of it was probably he didn't want to utter the word homosexual or gay on his air. But I think part of it was they also wanted to sort of keep that shroud of mystery over what the mm-hmm. fuck is this guy? He's just androgynous. Do you want to know what he is? Androgynous. That's the word you would always say. Ah, oh, it's androgynous. Like that. Well, there you go. I said I'm it by so you said it. Yes. Androgynous. He would, he would, he would say it like seven times in every Goldust match. Androgynous. He's an androgynous man. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then like Jim Ross would be like, well, I just don't know what this guy's doing. Like, I just don't understand. Well, he's, <laughs> he's androgynous, Jim. He's, he's, he's just different. Like, yeah. And then Jerry Lawler would just, you know, well, yeah, that raw where he flat out. Yeah. Like, Jerry, did, Jerry didn't know the nuance of the character at all. He was like, ah, this guy's gay. Like, no, no. I don't. I not. forget what slur he used on Raw, but he well, used one of them. I don't know which. I don't yeah, remember. I think he was queer. I think he called. Is that it what he said? Queer. Is that what he, he said? said? Well, you know, you're you're a queer, right? And then Goldust, I think that's what it was because no. yeah. they wanted to have the character where, like, Goldust. They finally wanted to be like, hey, are you? You know? Yeah. And, like, this was this you was... know, like, because in the '90s, you know, meant gay. Remember when that was like? <laughs> yeah. Every TV show was like, oh, you know, Bill. He's a little, you know. Like, and I think we were firmly – were we into the Attitude Era by now or no? Or uh, no, like this is 90s, still early. This is like 96 still. This is still like 96. So it was still New Generation Era at this point. So, yeah. And then, like, Goldust, I think it was the exact promo. was like, well, you know, you're – you know. And Goldust is like, no, I don't know what he mean. And he's like, you know, a queer. Goldust is like, I'm not queer. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. That was kind of the end of that. So, And then they had their match, which was a terrible match. But, like, in the – PWO DVD VR world. It's like a just classic fucking match. Rich, <laughs> go back and watch this thing. It is. I don't it, want to. <laughs> it is not. I, I don't. These people are nuts. Like I went back and watched this match because you know people all, always praise this Goldust Jerry Lawler match, and I go back and watch it and it's utterly ridiculous. Like Lawler, Goldust uh, Lawler takes this one bump where he rolls all the way down the raw ramp, <laughs> like like a kid would roll down a hill of snow like it like playing in this he he dramatically and 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 like 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 and and in the most goofy manner possible just does these series of somersaults down the raw it is this goofy match and people think that this is like one of the best television matches that was ever on raw it's unbelievable i just don't understand it but uh uh, maybe we should watch that and review it one week. We'll we should, yeah, we'll do the starcade anyone i think that'll our christmas special this year will have to be action zone starcade and and at gold does version. Yeah, we'll have to maybe get like a request thread and people can just and we'll just like live watch these matches and, and talk about them. Rich this is legit like a star and a half match. Like nothing match. I'm sure I've seen it, I just don't remember it at all, which means it had an, and an indelible the, Yeah. <laughs> that goofy bump down the ramp is just kills the match. I mean it's just so stupid. It just it's just Lawler at his worst. Um yeah, but anyway, Velveteen Dream and Black. I'm not into Velveteen Dream the way a lot of people are. I want my work rate guys when I watch my NXT. I'm not into this. 
Um, he's got to show me that he can go in the ring before I give a shit about him. I, I just, it, it just doesn't do anything for me. So um, I'm not really into this match. I concede that the build has been fine. I concede that there's people who are into Velveteen Dream. I just don't care very much. Yeah, I think it's a good story match, but I don't know in terms of match match how it's going to do. I, I I'm interested to see if, if if you know Clark or, or Velting Dream or whatever can deliver, because uh, obviously we know we, we know Alistair Black can, can deliver and he can do really well. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm just interested in the dynamics of the match and how it's played out. I really the problem though is I think Black's going to just kind of beat him in a few minutes and it might even be a minute. You know what I mean? Like I that's sort of the vibe that I get is that Black's just going to destroy him and, and kind of put him in his you know in the rear view, uh, which is a cool story to tell as well. Where where you know that's all you're really doing in this build is that Velveteen Dream is trying to kind of get in uh, Black's head and. And Black might just, you know, kick off his head. And that's, you know, kind of all they do for the match would be fine with me as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see if it is a back and forth type match or if it is just Black just absolutely destroying him. And then if it is a back and forth match, uh, whether Clark can kind of go on that level and then maybe we'll see. I mean, maybe then there's a little bit of a, a future form or he's just kind of a guy that's just kind of kind of hang around NXT and, and, and do these kind of story matches. Um, Who is this Clark you speak of, sir? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that's. It's the Velveteen Dream. I'll tell you this. The Velveteen Dream is a huge improvement over like the Trump gimmick that Clark was doing. It's like he was one of these guys where every promotion had to roll out some level of Trump gimmick. You remember the cabinet and ROH? And yeah. <laughs> I would like to not, Joe, please. <laughs> Please. Clark with the you know uh, you know doing like a Republican gimmick or whatever, and I think the only one that worked out was Sam Adonis in Mexico. All right. of the others, <laughs> well, that one didn't. That, that one just didn't cut through the pretense. He was just like Mexicans suck. Fuck you. Yeah, and I, and I think it's a great gimmick, and I think it works. Yeah. Heat, and I think you know, I think it you know from what I've seen of it, it worked, but it never worked anywhere else because people are not in the mood to fuck around when it comes to Trump, and I think these wrestling promotions learned that the hard way. It's like for years and years and years, nothing was off limits to these wrestling promotions, right? You can spoof anything. You can play off whatever's in the news. No, people do not want to fucking laugh and snicker when it comes to Donald Trump. So all of these things, they had to backpedal and get the fuck away from them as soon as they could. And Patrick Clark was one of those. But he benefited clearly because that just didn't suit him at all. And he's doing a much better job um, um, with this gimmick. Yeah, he's really embraced it and, and, and doing well with it. All right. Uh, and then our final match on the show. for un, Unfortunately, the Johnny Gargano-Pete Dunn match is going to be uh, featured on the next week's NXT. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. because You know, what the fuck, man? You know, I, it, it's, <laughs> it, that's, I don't even, I don't know. But I guess, you know, it'll be on TV and we'll see it. The Hopefully we'll week. see all of it on, on TV. But um, Spoiled, of course. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm so disappointed because that's like that, that that I'm trying to think of matches in 2017 that I'd be like more anticipated in my mind. And like Rich, Gargano versus Pete is like arguably, arguably the two best workers in WWE this year. Mm-hmm. Pound for pound, match for match. And they're facing each other. So yeah, it's very disappointing. <laughs> You're gonna watch it eight days later or whatever, or five days later, or whatever. So uh, but the final match on the actual TakeOver show, Lars Sullivan versus making his TakeOver debut, uh, a man named Cassius Ono. Well, Lars Sullivan's going to be on the main roster very soon, and he's obviously going to get an enormous push. Just take a look at the guy. He looks like a freak of nature. He looks like every 1970s pro wrestling heel that would have main evented against against uh, Bruno San Martino, uh, lost the big match in MSG, slowly worked his way back down the card, and then got sent to Calgary for a few months. Before, right, with his big uh, jaw. He's got the big jaw, big nose, yeah. weird teeth. Like, it's perfect, yeah. Big yeah, hands. and then, you know... <laughs> like- and then, and then Bruno would move on to another Spiros Arion feud for the 19th time. And then when that ran its course, you bring Lars Sullivan back for another go. It draws a little bit less than it drew the time before. Rinse repeat. 
You know, he that's exactly what he is. That's what he reminds me of, that kind of guy. And then, uh, you know, so he'll be on the main roster soon. Vince is going to love this dude. He obviously has a great look. Um, he's going to get pushed to the moon. And uh, from what I understand, I read something today. I forget where I read it. It might have been a tweet that somebody put out or something. But supposedly these guys are having really good house show matches. So, um, look, it's Cassius Ono. You got to, you know, right. have some faith that he can carry anybody to something good. Um, if he gets something great out of this guy who is still green, um, then that would be a huge feather in his cap. Look, we said when Cassius Ono came back that, you know, that Chris Hero's dead and that great Chris Hero run is gone and it's finished and it's kaput. Was he really done in NXT? He's had one or two matches of note on television. They never put him on takeover. Um, you know, this is like the first, this is the first takeover he's oh, it's, it's, yeah, No, that's why I said, yeah, it's his first takeover. Aside from when he was the, uh, he replaced No Way Jose in a six man. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget. Yeah. First, but he wasn't even announced for that, you know? And it's like, you know, they don't just don't see him as a, as a pushable commodity, you know, uh, they just don't see him that way. And they don't, therefore he's not in position to have the great matches that, that we were accustomed to when he had that killer indie run. Um, so I'm sure he'll make the most of this. They're not going to get 25 minutes. So um, we'll see what they can do with the eight minutes that they get. And um, it's an interesting match from that perspective, at least. Uh, your idea of a winner. Do you think Lars is, is pretty much locked in to win? I think I, Lars I think has to win. I mean, I why think it's like a hundred percent chance that Lars win this. I do. I think, and, and that's again, like we have to sort of reframe our mind or whatever that, that Chris hero is no more. He is gone. He is dead and he's never coming back or whatever until maybe he goes back. But this Cassius Ono thing is not Chris hero. This is a guy that they see, I think as, as a stepping stone, as an enhancement talent guy. And that's, I think he's hundred percent here to lose to Lars, make Lars look great and get Lars ready for the next level. That's all well, he's here for. If he's working with guys like Lars Sullivan on the Florida loop, that's his role. Right. I think that, you know, maybe a Regal or, or somebody else, maybe even a Triple H, who knows, said, hey, you know what? This is a great guy that we can put on the road to work with these green workers and teach them how to work. Yeah, a trainer in the ring, like a guy that they can work with every every night that that, that trains them and gets them. Yeah, it, it's, which, I think. Which, which, which I've been saying that they should have been doing from day one, you know, people like this. You know, my original idea when they brought Mickey James back was don't put her on the main roster, keep her in NXT and have her do the Florida loop with these, with these green women that they hire off the street that can use all the help they can get. You know, um, you know, what would it do for a, um, you know, you pick your NXT uh, female wrestler that, that, that isn't currently, you know, being pushed at, at, at the level of getting on a takeover, just pick one out of a hat. What would it do to work with Mickey James every night for a month straight? You know, so this is the kind of role that I think they, they should have been exploiting for a long time. And there's plenty of, um, you know, good wrestlers out there that would be more than happy to take on a role like this in the company. You know, sure, so, for all we know that, that, that Ono was fine with it, too. I mean, that, that's a lot of the rumors and, and a lot of the stuff that was going on when he uh, went back there was like, yeah, that he's kind of just ready to, to maybe, you know, not not necessarily pack it in, but, you know help that next be that sort of guy be you know sort of not necessarily a trainer not a guy that's not in ring but a guy that's sort of the job is is to sort of help the young guys and move those guys along maybe he's he's kind of done his thing or whatever and it's disappointing for some of us i know it's disappointing for me because knowing what he's capable of but understanding that that's what his role is and understanding that w- that's exactly what happened when when we when he got signed and when he came back to nxt we all said and and, and we were on the show and you could read back the quote we said this is it chris hero it's is over. dead and gone that run is yep. over and now is a new chapter in this guy's story yeah. And it's not going to be that old chapter ever again. That old chapter is dead and gone and we'll never see it again. And he ran himself ragged. I mean, it's, it's look, he seemed to be someone who enjoyed it, but it's not easy flying all over the world every weekend. I mean, just the airplane trips to Europe and to Japan 
uh, for no. Well, that was a nutcase. The guy was an absolute. I mean, there was a time where I saw him in a match, and so he worked an AEW show on Saturday, and like that f- Thursday or Friday, he was in Japan. Came worked that Saturday in AEW, and then like an hour after AEW, had to get on a plane to go to Europe, and it was just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, like, I mean, he's working. Like I, I took one flight. Like I took one ten-hour flight you know, four months ago. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going on a plane for years again. Like that. Was yeah. It, it, where, I mean, it's a hard lifestyle. And this is a guy who wasn't dogging it in the ring. I mean, he's going to Noah and, and, and getting his ass kicked by killer elite squad and then flying back to America to wrestle these hard evolve matches. And, you know, then going to Europe and getting his ass kicked there against who it's like, and, and, and this is just this globe trotting and booked solid. I mean, this is not a guy who was working every Saturday and Sunday. This guy was working Tuesday through Sunday every week, booked solid everywhere. So um, this has got to be like a vacation for him, you know, driving up and down Florida, uh, working eight minute matches against Lars Sullivan and hanging out at the performance center. You know, it's, it's so you could totally see why why this would be desirable for someone like him. You know, even if he doesn't rise above this level. Um. So that's uh, NXT Takeover. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just five fifty five for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Four games, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about the show. Well, of course, we have a preview up on the website right now. We'll have a review um, as well as it happens, and we'll, I'm sure, be tweeting about it as well uh, while it's going on. So let's move on to the main roster here. WWE Survivor Series 2017, of course, happening Sunday, uh, still in the Toyota Center. Joe, did you know this is a four-hour show? Six hour, two hour, two hour pregame show, four hour show, six hour block. You ready? You're watching all six hours. What times does shit start? I don't fucking know. Four, I think, for us. <sighs> well, the Rams are playing the Vikings. That's a big game. And that's a uh, late game. So I don't know if I'm going to be in there for the whole full uh, six hours, depending on when this thing starts central time. But, uh, you know, Rams will be playing until about 630. That'll be a big game for NFC seeding, Rich. I'm into this NFL here. When the Rams <laughs> you're you're back in. You're back in. That's good. Yeah, good I'm back in. I'm not all the way in. It's still like, you know, sport number four in my pantheon. But uh, listen, LA Rams are a big story. I got to pay attention. But uh, but yeah, so I know I did not know that this was a fucking six hour show. I mean, there's only eight matches. What are they doing? Oh, I know um, what they're doing. Everything's going to get a ton of time, right? Yeah, I mean, dude, that 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 main event. I mean, last year's Survivor Series match was forty-five minutes. Like this, that's one, true. The main event is going to get a ton. Or of no, time. it was fifty-five. I think it was fifty-five. Now that I remember, I, I'll have to look back and see what it was exactly. It was it was somewhere in that range last year. It was it was an ungodly length last year. Let, let me let me find the exact number here. I know it was either, it was yeah. either forty-five or fifty-five, but it was. Uh, it was yeah, yeah, of- yeah, for sure. I, I actually, um, I was part of the review, the preview for this on the site, and I mentioned that 52, preview- 55. Yeah. 52, 55 no. last year's match. Yep. I said it's going to go at least 45 minutes, at least. So, and, and they're going to tell, we might as well start there since we're talking about it. Let's start with that match. That's the, yeah. uh, uh, the team raw versus team SmackDown. I mean that, you know, it's loaded with stars and people that you, that they're going to be afraid to beat. So I think it's an interesting match from that perspective. Who the hell is going to get eliminated from this thing? Um, who's going to do the eliminating? How are they going to eliminate? How are they going to protect people? And they're going to tell a million different stories in this match. I mean, this match is just ripe for run-ins from all sorts of different people. 
uh, whether it's Zane and Owens, whether it's uh, Kane, uh, you never know who's going to pop up in this thing. And uh, it's going to be long. They're going to tell a bunch of stories. And much like the War Games match, I'm hoping this is an absolute 50-minute riot and a lot of fun. You know, I'm not expecting Okada Omega, but I'm expecting it to be fun and interesting and, uh, you know, and, and have cool moments. So uh, I don't know. Is that a fair summation of what you expect? I think that's fine. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the build's been ridiculous. And, like, we could take our time and laugh about it and joke about this and Triple H is in it and this thing is in it. But it, it's, you know, again, like, and this is, I'm, I'm taking this tech now with WWE in general. It's just like, whatever, man. You know, like, I just yeah. hope it's fun. I just hope it's not terrible. And I hope that I, like, laugh or whatever. Like, I, I'm... This guy and what? Because we're gonna talk about this entire show, and this is a show that, like, legitimately, if if every single thing that we predict the opposite happens, nothing matters. Right. If Charlotte beats Alexa, if Alexa beats Charlotte, nothing changes in their lives. If Triple H pins Bobby Roode in this match, nothing matters in that. If if Shane McMahon pins Kurt Angle, nothing. You know what I mean? Like, nothing fucking matters. It's, it's, a, a, so, it's such. I'm I'm trying to pick winners for this for these. No, matches. Wait, why? Don't even just fucking roll dice. No, for the, for the preview That's what I did. I mean, it's impossible. <laughs> cares it doesn't matter who's gonna win these fucking matches i have no feel for who's gonna win these matches i just want to be actually it looks like it could be a really good show no i think on paper it's gonna be a good show i I think it is gonna be a great show um because a lot of the a lot of the matches themselves look great but yeah results don't matter so you you basically just have to kind of go in and go okay look i hope it's a fun match i hope it's kind of this i hope it's that like this is one that i expect to be a train wreck i expect you know thousands of run-ins and and weird protected finishes where asuka or not asuka but we'll talk about her in a little bit but like where you know certain people can't be pinned and certain people can be pinned you know what i mean like it's just going to be this weird thing where some guys are going to get dq'd some guys are going to get protected there's going to be oh, for sure but that's, it's, it's whatever it's that's the interesting thing about the raw smackdown match though is is who the fuck is getting eliminated here? <laughs> well, Bobby Roode for sure. And Nakamura, they don't care about him. Yeah. But it's like beyond that, they're going to protect, obviously, Cena and Triple H are not going to be run-of-the-mill. Okay, Triple H is not getting schoolboyed by Bobby Roode. <laughs> right. Okay, so it, you're not going to get a classic Rich Craig annoying elimination with a lot of these guys. These are big stars. How do you get rid of Braun Strowman? Okay, he can brawl to the back with somebody. Or Kane can come through the ring and pull him into hell. Can't you see that happening? That's my official prediction. I don't know why I didn't write it in the preview because I just thought of it now. Kane is going to come through the bottom of the ring and pull Braun Strowman to hell. Right, and he will be eliminated that way by being pulled into hell. Mark the timestamp, yes. Uh, You know, how do you get rid of Samoa Joe? It's like, how do you get rid of Finn Balor and do they pull the plug on his push? It's Bray Wyatt comes and eats him and then we start that feud again. I I don't know. I mean, seriously, it might be. I don't know. (laughs) There's a lot of star power here, and I, I really don't know what way they go. Who would you pick for a first elimination? My money is on Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode for sure, or Nakamura. Bobby Roode or Nakamura. I would say Bobby Roode 100% the first elimination. Because the, the thing that's funny about this is we're going through the names. Like you mentioned, Triple H protected. Kurt Angle is going to be protected. Shane McMahon is going to be protected. Like none Wrong. of these dudes are going out first. I mean, John Cena's not, again, like Finn Balor's not rolling up John Cena with a cradle and, and right. pinning him. Like in the first 10 minutes of the match. It's like, yeah. it's nuts. So it's like, I don't know. I guess Roode and Nakamura get pinned, and then the rest of the guys, I don't know what happens. Like, the very systematically each one of them gets removed like slowly but surely from the match without ever being pinned or, or ever because especially this company which never wants to really let one person go above the other they're protecting everybody that everybody's got to be everybody has to be sort of caressed and maneuvered in a certain way so like i don't know i don't know i don't know how you eliminate braun other than kane coming out of, from under the ring which is absolutely what will happen i don't know how you eliminate kurt uh finn and samoa joe i guess you can figure out some ways to do that i i really legitimately have no idea how you beat triple h like would it would it surprise you if Triple H just won this match? 
No, he absolutely. <laughs> like, I don't think that's that that's ridiculous. That Triple H just like pedigrees Shane McMahon to win the match, right? Like that's yeah. not that unreasonable. To happen. No, not at all. I mean, Stephanie is going to get involved in this somehow, right? Um, there's going to be run in Palooza. And like John Cena's in this match. Who who the fuck thought like just I've completely forgot that John Cena was in this match. Yeah. 100%. percent John yeah. Cena's just like, hey, um, and hey I mean it's, I'm it's John Cena high. <laughs> all kinds of star power, you know? It's like you, you, Bobby Roode, Nakamura, and Samoa Joe are like the shit bums who are getting eliminated first in this thing. And those are some pretty uh, you know, heavy hitters. So um, you know, yeah, it, it's and gender is nowhere to be found on the entire show. No. So I we'll guess we can talk. That. Well, let's do that right now. Let's transition okay. to the Brock AJ match. So they moved away from Brock Jinder, okay, by uh, by uh, AJ uh, defeating uh, Jinder in Manchester. Was it Manchester? It was somewhere in Europe for the uh, yeah, it was Manchester for the uh, for the World Heavyweight. Was it the World Heavyweight or the WWE? His is the WWE. Uh, his is WWE. There's Universal as the uh, the Raw, and then the WWE Championship is, is SmackDown. So this changed from Brock Lesnar versus Jinder to Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles. I posed this on Twitter. I pose it to you, Rich Krage. Where in the world today can you come up with a more conceivable, bigger main event upgrade in ability than removing Jinder Mahal from a match and replacing him with AJ Styles? The rules here being you have to remove someone who is a, who's reasonably considered a main eventer and a promotion and replace them with someone else who can reasonably be considered a main eventer in a given promotion. Can you find a bigger upgrade than that in all of wrestling? Because yeah, I man. think that's one of the biggest potential upgrades you could find ever. But let's limit it to today. Can you come up with one? I'm trying to think. Like uh, The only thing I can think of, and I guess it depends, it would have to be some sort of like indie bring like if will osprey was like the next challenger for tim storm like if joseph brody couldn't show up and will osprey showed up instead but like even that like that that match is not going to be you know what i mean like i, I don't know yeah it, it's it's you're really talking about like because jinder is like the bottom of the barrel and aj is you know one of the, the top, bottom of the, the barrel and AJ like, is one of, he may be the best wrestler in the world so you have to find a main eventer that absolutely fucking sucks. So I think I have one. I'm okay. going to propose it to you. Okay, so you need to. So in this scenario, you need to find a main eventer that absolutely sucks and needs to be replaced by like one of the best five to ten wrestlers in the world. Right, and it can't just be some guy on the roster. We're talking. <laughs> right. It's got to be. It's got to be two main eventers. How about replacing? Let's go to all Japan. Okay, we're going to all Japan. We're replacing Yoshitatsu with Miyahara. Okay. But that see, the one? problem is Yoshitatsu is like way better than Jinder Mahal. Exactly. I think <laughs> like that, that's that, the, like we haven't quite reached the like. I don't think we comprehend how bad Jinder Mahal is, and that's that's always kind of tough to do. I think I think Yoshitatsu is legitimately way better than Jinder Mahal, and I think Yoshitatsu's terrible. And everything but we've kind of heard too. It's, it's been pretty cool. We've been hearing that he's he seems reinvigorated. He's been working a lot better. Uh, in wouldn't his, you uh, be if you were if you were in the main event mix as opposed to feuding with Bone Soldier in dark matches? Course, I mean. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. If you give people something important to do, not even in wrestling, but in life, think of your own job. When your boss gives you busy work, are you better at that? Or are you better at something when he gives you something important to do? It's human nature, right? Look, Yoshitatsu is never going to be Kazuchika Okada. But if you give, put him in a triple crown title match, and you advance him a couple rounds in the Royal Road Tournament, and you get behind him and you do some things with him, he's going to be reinvigorated. He's going to be excited to go to work. He's going to be excited and have ideas for his matches. So I, I, you know, I haven't seen the stuff. I'm going to watch it, but I haven't seen it yet. But I'm sure his stuff has been 
much better in all Japan than it's been in New Japan, just for that yeah. reason alone. Yeah, he popped up in uh, WrestleWani. He was wearing a, a donut uh, jacket. Uh, he was teamed with uh, Jiro, so that looks pretty fun, too. He looks like he's having a good time there. So it's good. He's kind of all over the place, and that's, yeah. And, and we talk about that all the time. Like, these guys are, are, aren't, you know, robots. They're not machines. Again, if you're told, hey, this is what we're doing with you, and this is da-da-da-da, and you're like, oh, that's interesting, you're, of course, gonna, it's gonna reflect in your work versus, hey, we have five minutes, and you're, you know, feuding with Bone Soldier, and get in and get out as soon as possible. Please, thank you. Bye. Like you know, yeah, you're not going to yeah. care. So, um, yeah, yeah I guess we're, the cop is hard. You got to find a guy that's like terrible, like a guy in a main event picture. That's I, I think that, Tatsu Miyahara is the closest you're going to get. Right. Yeah, I think. But that's, here, here's, it's, in, in 2017, the, the working we talk about the working standard right. all the time. You go through all your big time promotions, all your big time companies or whatever. They 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 get it now. Nobody is it has a champion that's like a guy that looks like a champion should look but can't go. Like everybody can go. How <laughs> you know? about okay? The problem with this one is I can't think of the great worker you'd replace him with, but how about replacing EC3 with somebody in, in, in Impact? Okay, yeah. He's a, he's a you consider him a, a viable main eventer, right? Sure, no, yeah, I would. Even though if, if currently he's not working main events. But I don't see Impact doesn't have that high-level worker yeah, who's that guy that's sitting on the roster that can immediately go? That that's AJ that can just kind of fit who's in perfectly right. and and yeah. Who's also a main eventer? Yeah. I mean, you, they don't have it. You know what I mean? It's like okay, I guess you I guess to it would be somebody off the Indies or pluck somebody from another company is all the way. You know what it'd be? It'd be EC3 and Eddie Edwards. That's what it'd be. But the thing is, I don't think that gap is nearly as far as Jinder and AJ. No, that, yeah. Jinder and AJ still smokes that, as does Yoshitatsu and Miyahara. New Japan doesn't really have one because none of their main eventers are shitty. You can match AJ in New Japan. You can't match Jinder at the main event level because their genders are guys like Nakanishi. Yeah, I was going to say, if Nakanishi was main eventing Wrestle Kingdom and you replaced him with Tetsuya Naito, then yes, that would be comparable. But Right, but but they don't, they don't main event those like, guys. Like, uh, Nakanishi is in the main event and then they decide uh, you know, three weeks prior, ah, fuck that, let's have, let's have Naito in the main event instead. I mean, that, that's really the comp we're working with here. It's like... Yeah. Ring of Honor, it doesn't work because everyone is just kind of okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, someone came up with one on Twitter, but it was a historical one. What do you think of this one? How about Mr. Perfect replacing the Ultimate Warrior in that tag team match at Survivor Series in, what, 92 or whatever it was? Yeah, that's a good one for yeah, on paper, but the problem was that Mr. Perfect, when he came in at that point, was not in shape. Like They told Correct. him two weeks prior, hey, by the way, buddy, you're, you're in this main event thing, and he's like, oh, okay, like, I haven't worked out, and I'm not doing it. Like, so that's the only issue is that Mr. Perfect in his peak, yes, but like you weren't getting Mr. Perfect in his peak then. And it was post-back injury. Exactly. And his back was ravaged. He hadn't worked out. He wasn't ready. And then the match showed him. Mean, it was not a very good match, and he wasn't great in it as well. So on paper, yes, Ultimate Warrior being replaced by peak Mr. Perfect makes sense. But at that point, 1992, post-back, it wasn't – I don't know. Yeah, this, it wasn't wasn't quite the same. this wasn't 1987 Kurt Henning. Like, exactly. This- yeah, yeah. So I think there's – yes, it's not bad, but it's still – like it's not this. Like this is unprecedented. You know where you you know where you can really get a good one if you're digging historically late era WCW because you can pull out a Roddy Piper or a Hulk Hogan or someone like that and or or like Loch Ness and replace them with fucking you know Chris Benoit 
you know, right, but the, the issue is that a lot of those guys weren't like you're saying main eventers at that point. Like a lot of the times right. when they were main, that by the time Chris Benoit started main eventing, the main event scene wasn't really shit. That was like was what like, 1999. Yeah, exactly. Like you had Sid and you had those sort of guys. And you had Scott Steiner and those sort of guys, but they were fine. But when you had like the peak, like Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper in a cage or whatever, your other main eventers were like Savage and Sting and, and Luger yeah, and Giants, yeah. and there wasn't really like Benoit was just a guy. Like you, you know what I mean? Like and that's yeah, why you, it's can't, you, can't, again. you can't get the timelines to match up. So yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. So if you're pulling out, you know, a, a Piper, you the best you can replace him with is like DDP. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, you get a DDP or, and Savage or whatever or instead an of old you know Savage. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and you're right. And and by the time the really good workers became main eventers, there were no really shitty ones. You it was Booker T and Scott Steiner and DDP, and they were all okay. You know, there was nobody that was horrendous, unless we're forgetting someone. I mean, yeah, um, Nash, he was just kind of there for the ride for a lot of that. I but, guess but still, like, spot, there were, you know, it's no, but there's no genders. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> it's the greatest of all time. There's you. no genders is the point, though. There, you know, right. it's so, yeah, it's, it's this really may be the the biggest disparity in a replacement compared to the man and his history of wrestling. I'm not sure I can come up with one. Yeah, let us know. Add Voices Wrestling if you can kind of come up with a comp or voicewrestling.com slash forums. We'll have a one that really happened. Yes. Yeah. Try to try to figure it out. We're we're racking our brain here and and the best one we have is that Warrior Perfect, I think. I saw that in the mentions and I was like, yeah, not bad. There's some caveats there to it again. But yeah, it's yeah. it's it's close. <laughs> but uh yeah, do you want to uh, do you want to get into the, the India card while we're uh while we're talking gender? Uh no, let's go through the rest of this and then we'll okay. do the gender we'll stuff. It. We'll tie the gender stuff into the India card. Okay, that's fine. We'll uh, we'll double back then. So uh, let's get to it now. Brock Lesnar, we, 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 we will be burying gender. So oh, for sure. stay yeah. tuned for that. I know everybody loves that. Um and and taking our victory lap, mm-hmm. we took the Asuka victory lap in the beginning of the show two weeks ago. We will take the gender victory lap at the end of the show. For those of you who uh, don't want to hear us gloat. But why wouldn't you want to hear us gloat? That's like one of the reasons to listen to this thing. <laughs> right. If, you, if, if you're annoyed by that, I don't know how you've lasted through like two episodes of this. All we do is gloat. So, I, <laughs> you know, how do you even, how do you survive? Uh, anyway, so uh, let's see. Uh, Brock, AJ, look, I'm someone who doesn't hate Brock. I still get a kick out of Brock. I not still talking about Brock. I, all these people, they're nuts. They, I, I love the attraction of it. I love it too. I, I love the fact he's champion. I love the fact that he, that he makes infrequent appearances. I think his matches still have an aura. I think he still brings an aura of danger. I think I think there's still a buzz when his matches are happening that you don't get with anybody else in the company. I like the fact that his matches are different. I like the fact that they can end at any time. But you can't I, leave during a, a Brock match. You can't go make yeah. a fucking sandwich during a Brock match because you're going to miss something. Like, you don't know what the hell's going to happen. When Brock comes out, you sit down, you get ready, you make sure you got your drinks, you make sure you got everything, and you're like, all right, boom. I got to watch this. You know, you yeah. cannot leave. You can't go do anything. And you got these people who say that Brock hasn't had a good match in a year. Did I watch different Goldberg matches than everybody else? Those things were fucking awesome. I love the Goldberg. I, did, did I watch it? There was Samoa Joe match there, but I enjoyed that. I mean, I think Brock still brings it when he gets in there in his own unique way. You know, I don't think he, and it's like, he's not going out there. He's not going to wrestle 20 minutes anymore, but he's giving you something unique. And there's just an aura and a buzz and a feeling around his stuff that, that, that I still enjoy. And I think when you put him in there with someone like AJ Styles, I am looking, this is my most anticipated match on this show. And there's a lot of good stuff on this show, but I want to see this. Because I want to, AJ Styles is going to bump all over the place for this guy. You think AJ Styles is going to go in there and dog it? AJ Styles never dogs it. Okay, this is such a unique matchup. 
you know, Brock's usually in there with your with your with your Goldbergs and 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 uh and and, and people like that now where where it's 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 get, but when has he been in there with a guy like AJ Styles? You know, Samoa Joe and Goldberg were more his speed. You know, it, 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 with his uh, recent match, this is AJ Styles is going to fly around the ring. He's going to try to phenomenal uh, forearm. He's going to, he's going to, yeah, and, and he's going to be bouncing off of Brock at every turn. I cannot wait for this. If like, you really look at it, I'm going through right now the old uh, Brock matches, and I'm looking at, at the big ones he's had in WWE, the big kind of rated ones uh, since this last return. And the guys are again, they're the guys you have: John Cena, Triple H. Uh, CM Punk, CM Punk's the only one that I would say is, is similar to AJ in the sense where he'll kind of bump around and move around. And CM you. Punk worked his ass off in that yes, match. Yes, that match was fucking awesome. Uh, you have Undertaker, John Cena, John Cena, uh, John Cena and Seth Rollins, so a three-way dance. You had Seth Rollins doing kind of the, the, the big work on that, which was a great match. That one worked really well. Uh, again, there was Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. That one fucking ruled again because Rollins awesome. you know, bumped all over the place for him and did some stuff. And, and Reigns did a great job in that one as well. Yeah. Um, then two more Undertaker matches, uh, Dean Ambrose-Roman Reigns match. Yeah. A Dean Ambrose match, a Goldberg match, Samoa Joe, and then that last four-way, the big man, big bulky men screaming at each other four-way that they had. So you basically got CM Punk and then two Seth Rollins triple threats are about all you got. Yeah, and the four-way was awesome. And the, I, who are these people saying these Brock matches this year weren't good? The four-way was awesome. The Goldberg matches were awesome. I liked the Samoa Joe. I could see maybe some people not liking the Samoa Joe match. I liked that. I think it was awesome, but I liked it. I, I, Brock has delivered. His matches have delivered. I, I completely disagree with people who don't think Brock is delivered. I, I completely disagree with it. So, and I think this will deliver too. And you can hear the excitement in my voice. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. Uh, as is, is going to be customary with this entire review, uh, we're not going to, like, I, do you want me to make a prediction? I don't know. Who fucking knows? Probably, I mean, Brock's Brock, probably going to win. Yeah. Brock has to win because they got to prepare him to lose the Roman. So Right, exactly. So Brock's going to win here, but the rest of the matches, we're just going to go, eh, because... I mean, they don't matter. I mean, it's 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 impossible. So there's like two matches on this show that I, I am a hundred percent confident who's going to win. Yeah. This is one of them, and we'll talk about another one here in a little bit. And the rest are complete coin flips. Hundred percent coin flips. The rest of the yeah. one, I would say. Um, we'll Let's go to the top, to the top now. Yeah, yeah, I was going to do it. Uh, so you got Enzo and Kalisto in your pre-show for the Cruiserweight Championship. Enzo, of course, defending against Kalisto. I imagine Enzo uh, retains here, but eh, I don't know. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? I wrote a lot of words about this in the preview, and. I really like people to go read it. I'm not going to repeat myself here, but I had a lot of, I had more thoughts about this match than any other match on the show. Oddly enough. Um, I I just think Enzo needs to move on from this. I think he should win. I think he will win. I think there's some fresh faces that are going to come to two Oh five live. And we need to get away from this never ending Enzo Callisto feud. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, I, uh, I hope that, I mean, Enzo probably does win, like I said, and it seems like the right move, but, um, yeah, I, it's hard to tell with this company, but I agree. The Callisto thing has just not really quite worked, and it hasn't gotten that certain level. So yeah, it's I, Callisto. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like he's not the guy. So, um, you know, I, I don't think you know he should have beat Enzo ever to begin with, and that's what dragged this thing out even further. So. Exactly. Yeah, I think that was dumb at the time, and, and still pretty dumb. But uh, move on now to a uh, not, all these are non-titled champion versus champion. So don't worry about the titles and who's this and who's that or whatever. They're, they're, they're all non-title here. Uh, so I'm not going to specify it uh, moving forward, but you got IC champion, the Miz versus United States champion, Baron Corbin. Yeah. These are two guys who kind of work their own angle on various social media platforms. And it's more interesting than anything they've done on TV. Or right? You know, so again, that's the theme of this entire episode of this podcast, you know? So they've called each other out on social media and they've kind of injected their own personality into things. And, um, you know, without that, I'd have zero interest in this. With that, I'm kind of interested in it. So um, I do think that this match has a chance to really fall apart. Um, You know, I I do think Miz is a better wrestler than he gets credit for in some circles, but he's not nearly as good as he gets credit for in others. And um, Corbin, 
is a guy who I believe needs to be carried. I don't know if Miz is the kind of guy who can carry someone. So I can see this being all over the board. This could be really good. I don't think it could be great, but I do think the ceiling is very good. And I think the floor is pretty low if these guys just don't have good chemistry and um, and Corbin has an off night. Yeah, I, I can see the I could see the, the the floor being a little bit more because I just don't think Corbin really has it, and and, and I don't know that Miz is going to be that guy who's going to completely. I think Miz is a guy who, who I I think is a good worker. I've been saying for years he's a good worker, but I don't know if he's going to be able to drag Baron Corbin, who I think absolutely sucks, to something good. I don't know. We'll see how it is when it's all said and done. Again, the result doesn't really matter. I, I'm hoping that he can uh, because I, I I want this to be a decent match, but it's just like I don't know. Baron Corbin just does absolutely nothing for me. So Corbin is at his best when he's in there with a a Callisto. Or a Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, he's better tossing guys around, and Miz is yes. not. Miz is going to work him over and do some, you know, Miz stuff. Miz is going to do heel stuff, and, right? And it's just going to, you know, it's going to feel clunky and weird. Yeah, I think, so. yeah. Corbin needs those guys who are going to bump all over the place for him. His best matches have been against people like that. Yeah. So, um, and and Miz is not that kind of worker, but um, we'll see. It, 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 you know, I'm interested from the perspective. It can be uh, all over the board. Uh, we got a women's Survivor Series match. You got Team Raw, Alicia Fox, Nia Jax, Asuka, Sasha Banks, and Bailey versus Team SmackDown, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Naomi, Tamina, and To Be Announced because uh, Charlotte uh, won the title, so she's out of this match. So you have a To Be Announced. But it says they're with Lana. So Lana will be a manager, I guess, but not the To Be Announced. I, I don't know. I have no idea who that SmackDown is going to be. I don't know either, but it's probably someone impactful. A lot of people think Paige for obvious reasons. Um, I don't know. Um, obviously, Team SmackDown. Um, I'm sorry, Team Raw has the star power here because you've got Sasha Banks, you've got Nia Jax, you've got Asuka who's undefeated, you've got Bailey, who, I don't know, I guess people think is a star, but they don't treat her like one. Uh, Fox is obviously someone who can get eliminated immediately, but the other four, well, at least three of the four, other four need to be protected to some extent. So they've got the better team on paper from the kayfabe perspective, I guess. Um, they're not really doing much with Naomi right now. Uh, Carmella has the money in the bank case, I guess. Tamina's a non-entity. And Becky's really the biggest star on the other side. But none of that means anything. you know. And the TBA can mean all the difference. If that's some kind of big star or someone who they're going to push hard, uh, then that side will win. Um, again, this is the kind of thing where when you get all of these women in one match, sometimes it gets a little messy, Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is another one that could be real messy. But then again, at the same time, over the last year or so, we've seen you know multi-woman matches in this company that were really good. So I think this is a lot like the other match we just talked about. It can really be all over the board. I think the ceiling is very good, and the floor is an absolute fucking train wreck. So, um, you know, another match interesting from that perspective. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but um, I'm very interested in how they're going to protect certain people and what, uh, particularly Asuka. I, I just, I wonder, to me, I would never just even put her in this match. I would just let her kind of have her own little aura because she's not going to win. I don't think she's going to win. I mean, maybe she does, and that's kind of how you do it. Is she? But there's going to be some weird way that you now have to eliminate her in, in that sense. Well, I, I see. Like, Here's what I do. I put her in the match, and I have her team go down five to two, and then I have her beat everybody. That's what I do. I, I mean, because I'm not. I, I, I would. I don't disagree with you. If you're that's the one you're putting over, put her over. Go ahead. Because I believe in her, and I would push her. Um, but what's going to happen here is she's either going to be one of two or three survivors on her side, and kind of just blend in, or she's going to brawl to the back and get counted out with somebody. Right, she's going to get countered or DQ'd for kicking too much ass. The no. old, uh, the old DQ'd for kicking too much ass thing. Like she'll be beating Tamina yeah. up so much that they DQ her. Right. Stop kicking so, so much ass. You're out of here. Like. Now me, I push her to the moon. I have her buzz saw through everybody. You know what I mean? It's it's. I have her buzz saw through all the geeks, and then she gets to Becky Lynch, and Becky puts up a bit of a fight because Becky's great for that role. You know, 
Oh yeah. Oh dude, Becky, Becky and Oscar would be incredible. Yeah. Becky would never have to win and still make everything look awesome. You'd still be compelled by every single match. Right. And then Asuka wins and then whoever's left with her, whether it's Sasha or whoever, she just blows them off and doesn't even care about them. Right. Like, thank you. You're welcome. I did that for you. Bye. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That's, Absolutely. that's what I would do. But you know, you gotta, everybody has to be pushed equally all the time at the same time. So, yeah. you know, you're right. She'll, it'll be, she'll be in the ring hugging Nia Jax and Sasha Banks when they win, you know, like, right. Or, you know, getting DQ'd and then, you know, Paige wins first team SmackDown or whatever. It's like, it's, you know, it's just, yeah. it's what it is. All right. Um, again, non-title, non-title, uh, Raw tag team champions, Cesaro and Sheamus, the bar versus SmackDown tag team champions, the Usos. Okay. This is going to be awesome. You know, yeah. We're talking about ceilings and floors. The ceiling here is a match of your contender. I mean, because it could be. I mean, the Usos have been great, and their character work is getting better and better. And we know the bar is great. And, and this can really be fucking awesome if they just let these guys go out there and wrestle for 13 minutes and give us a clean finish. And I don't give a shit who wins. It really doesn't matter, like you've been saying. I just want a clean finish. Please do not WWE this up and just whoever wins has to do something nefarious. I don't want that. Send them out there to have a match and somebody wins clean in the middle. That's all I want. But I don't think they'll do that. They'll protect one of the team. They're both heel teams. It might not be like blatant all out cheating, but it's, it's the heels rarely just win clean in this company. The heels have to be bumbling fools who either have to cheat or take advantage of something. Right. They're always looking to get that edge. They can never just yes. be better. They always have to find an edge, find the secret, find something. Yeah, it's right. it's remarkable. Yeah, this is absolutely a match that you just let these guys have 20 minutes and go, ahead, do whatever you guys do. Yes, yeah, so it's just the same as you guys win. And it's fine. Like, you put it in the middle of the show. You make it the opener if you really want. Like, you know what I mean? That's all you have to do. It's hands off. Just let these dudes work for 20 minutes and you're good. Like, the, whoever wins doesn't matter necessarily. And that's not a bad thing sometimes. Like, we, we talk about it being a bad thing so, in, in some cases. This is one where it does not matter because it's just like you're looking to see these two dudes go out there and just kill it or these four dudes go out there and kill it. You know how you teams. get out of it? You know how you get out of it? You know how you have one team win clean and get out of the one that loses looking bad? The very Let's say the Usos lose. Okay. Clean in the middle. Cesaro and Sheamus look like a million bucks, right? They can go on Raw and say that they're the real champions of the company, all that, okay? So that's a great thing for whoever wins. You can have the Usos come out on SmackDown, down in the dumps. They're sad. And their next challenger comes out and mocks them for losing. And you've got yourself an instant storyline. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be someone just gets buried. You know? Someone gets over. No, and Joe, the other team... Joe, when someone loses, you're burying them. When someone wins, you're, you're burying the other person. That's, that's what yes. we hear in our mentions. Is that nobody could possibly be. It has to be 100 or zero. It's, it's never, ever, you know. But no, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, you can lose, and that's your story. And then the Usos go there, and they beat that other team, and, and they prove, no. And they get good. their fucking mojo back, you know? Right. It's, it's you know, and they can do it against Mojo and fucking Ryder for all <laughs> They can I literally do. get their mojo back, yeah. That's... Yeah, they can literally get their mojo back, correct. And they can, that, you know what? To continue our dumb fantasy booking, that's actually perfect. It should be against a team like Mojo and Ryder, and they squash them. And then you don't remember the fact that they maybe lost. Maybe we Survivor can beat season. you. Maybe we can beat. Maybe they. Maybe the Usos are on a losing streak, and then the Usos just beat them. And it's like no. Okay. And and they just murder them yeah. in like two minutes. Zero offense for the jobber team. But then what do you just do with Zack Ryder though? Yeah, you, then you've buried Zack Ryder, Joe. <laughs> That's true, Rich. You got to protect Zack Ryder. You got to. What is the Zach next Ryder. step for Zack Ryder then? <laughs> yes, good point. <laughs> if you do that, so no, it's. it's I'll tell you the next step. He's unemployed with his ex girlfriend. That's his next step. <laughs> well, as we co- really come full circle here. 
They can go on trips again. That'd be fun. Which, which he probably wouldn't mind, by the way. No, I don't think he would. I missed that couple. That was a good couple. They seem to enjoy each other's company. Yeah, well, now he's with Chelsea Green. So, you know, he's... I'll say. That's his... That, Long Island yeah. he, does a, he does a good job. So He's got a type, but that, that's fine. Yeah. So you think when his... Do you think... Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, clearly he has a type. But do you think when his contract's up and he leaves that he goes to impact with uh, with Laurel Van Ness? Or do you think he gives it a go on the Indies? What do you oh, think? man. See, the problem is I, I would say in prior years, I'd say he's a lock for impact. But like now, you know, I don't know about like the modern impact where it's like, you know. Well, Cody has his ears, so he might be too smart for that. With that said, Cody went to impact. True, but that was a different regime, though. Or if, even if it wasn't a different regime, it was when they had actual capital, and now they have none. So, I mean, unless Zach wants to work for, you know, beans and, and you know, live in Canada or whatever. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the idea that, like, an XWB guy immediately goes to impact, I think we need to rethink that now. I, I think, though, there's also this thing where some of these guys like being on TV. and sure. I don't And I don't know where his head's at. You know? You know, he's definitely a guy who do a couple shots for Pat Buck. I can promise you that. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. But, and probably go back to, you know, New York wrestling connection. And Oh, and he's not working like AEW and PWG. He's not doing that. That's not exactly. That's what I'm asking you. Do you think he would do that in addition to the, you know, New York, New Jersey area indies? Do you think he's a guy who would give it a go on the super indies? Nah, I don't think so. You don't see it? I, I see him going to New Jersey, New York and kind of. But with the Cody connection, do you think that Cody would be giving him that sort of? Because Cody knew where to go. Right, right. So it's interesting. That's know, a yeah, guy. I, I, he's really... a guy that I'm not sure. Like we've always kind of had these ideas. We've been wrong about some people. Uh, Jack Swagger being you know one we were much, you know, yeah, absolutely 100 wrong on. But I mean, all all signs pointed to him having a good run, and you know, he, he was Jack Swagger a few times, and he that had was maybe it. the worst run, the worst run of anyone who's that's left the pretty, yeah, that that's historically bad. But um, yeah, I don't know. I can't get a, a feel for Zach Ryder. I, I don't know what his. Interesting to see. I'm, I'm curious on him because he's a guy that that could go one or two ways. He's a guy that I, I don't know. I, I I don't have a good prediction for what the the future of uh, Zach Ryder would be. Um, outside of the confines of WWE, I don't know. He might be a guy that just decides that's it. No, I did. I I reached my dream and that's it. I, I don't know. I, I'm not see, I don't know. Sure. He loves wrestling though. Yeah, but he might be that guy that does it a few times and then realizes I don't really love it as much as I, you know, like I love when it was with, you know, where I got the nice planes and nice hotel, you know what I mean? Like it might be that sort of guy that like work in a dingy arena in some random podunk town isn't quite what he wants. See, to. I can, I can buy what you're saying, but I could also see because he's a, a childhood fan that maybe he just wants to do it and experience the art side of it. Okay, maybe. now I can yeah. have the kind of matches I want to have. You know, maybe you know I could talk my boy Pat Buck into booking me into main events against whoever the fuck, and we can do this creative thing. You know what I mean? I could see him being that kind of person too, but I could totally see what you're saying, that now he's used to a certain lifestyle after a decade in that company. It's almost a decade, right? I mean, from the oh, Edgehead era. Oh, I think it might era, be more than that. Jeez, it might be that Edgehead era. WWE, CW, when they were the uh, Dude, that edge, major I think that Edgehead, I, that might be even older than 10 years. Let me, let me go... No, well, the, the major brothers were before the edge. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think you know? he's he, damn. He's been around for yeah. Let me let me do it. Yeah, like about a decade because WWE CW was 2007, 2008, right? So he was a major brother. Oh, you had it on the money. So 2007. So March of 2007 is when the majors uh, showed up in WWE. Yeah, uh, and then he did OVW throughout 2007, and then yeah, did Edge uh, by about 2008 is when he started being. Um, the edge heads. So yeah, it's been it's been about ten years now with him in the company. main roster for a decade. Yeah, yeah, right. 
So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, geez, he didn't really work that much outside of that. I mean, he worked all shit. He did some. Oh no, he was. A, he's oh, so he's a deep south guy back to 2006 even. Yeah. So he did uh, NYWC. Yeah, New York Wrestling Connection with all those. Yeah, guys. as you said, uh, Jersey All Pro. He did a few times. All those guys. Mm-hmm. But that's it. I mean, he's like a little bit in 2004, a little bit in 2005, and then he signed. So yeah, he's never really done. You know, <laughs> like a long run in the Indies. So no, him and Hawkins were signed very quickly. Yeah, they're like the dollar store Edge and Christian, which is fitting, <laughs> which is fitting because they were right. Edgeheads. But, you know, childhood friends came up together, got in the company together, were there forever, but they just never got past prelims. All right. Um, let's move on to the other uh, last two matches on the show. So you got uh, Alexa Bliss versus Charlotte Flair. Obviously, they're both uh, champions of their brand. Um, looking forward to the match, but again, I, who, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, no, whoever wins and whoever loses, nothing about their trajectory, nothing about their lives, nothing about their characters changes whatsoever by a win or a loss. Yeah, I mean, it all depends whether um, uh, Bliss has good chemistry with uh, Charlotte. That's what it always comes down to for Bliss. If she has good chemistry, she goes out there and has a really good match. If she has bad chemistry, it's it's the fucking pits. So we'll see. And here's the scary thing about this match. If they don't have good chemistry, it's not like Charlotte is some super refined worker. She's sloppy as fuck, too. Right. And her sloppiness works to her advantage sometimes, like against Sasha Banks. But if she's sloppy and Alexa is sloppy and they don't have good chemistry, this could be a really, really ugly match with these two. It's This is a dangerous pairing to put out there on a pay-per-view. But Joe, can you predict how many uh, women's championships Charlotte has won at this point now? So I'm counting, I'm counting Divas, I'm counting Raw Women's, and I'm counting SmackDown Women's Championships. Got to be at least six. Six on the money, exactly. Yeah, yeah. She got four times a Raw Women's Champion, one time a Divas Champion, and one time now a SmackDown Champion. So mm-hmm. there you go. First you person know, to win the Triple Crown <laughs> of Women's Championship. She'll she'll retire with you know twenty nine times. Yeah, like the Edge. Edge is like a forty five time World Champion. And, and, and that's why it doesn't mean anything. It's just it's it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. It's he won the title the other night, and it's like no one fucking cares. It's just it doesn't mean anything. You know, it's just okay. It's her turn again. You can't get invested in this shit. I'm actually looking at how many times um, Edge was a... So he's a seven-time uh, world heavyweight champion, a four-time WWE champion. So I guess that was it for... And then a five-time Intercontinental champion, a two-time WWE tag team champion, a 12-time WWF world tag team champion, mm-hmm. one-time United States champion. Yeah. Oh, Lord. All right. Yep, that's... It's a lot of titles. Man. If you bring Edge questions up, like, because whenever I would do wrestling trivia, they bring up like, Edge Intercontinental title wins. That was like the hardest question I've ever had to do in my life. Like, if you wanted to ask me, what was the match time of WrestleMania 2, you know, the King Kong Buddy, I'd probably have a better chance of like getting the match time of like the, the first match, like the Steamboat Matt Bourne match or whatever from WrestleMania 1 versus like name everybody that Edge won an Intercontinental Championship from. We racked our brain on that, man. It was like uh, like 10 minutes where we like, were like, I, like, it was so bad. We missed like blatant ones. We missed obvious ones. It's, it's just insane trying to yeah. come up with like the seven people that he beat for the Intercontinental title. It was just the thing is, nuts. you could basically just name people and have a decent chance of getting it right. Because right, exactly. It holds every title and it just, you know, there's just no rhyme or reason to it. All right, and then the final match we're going to talk about here, the six-man interbrand tag team match. you got The Shield, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins, of course, versus The New Day. And this is the other match that I said I have absolutely no debate as to who's going to win this and is 100% going to be The Shield. No question. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. So they were going to do The Shield reunion on the previous pay-per-view, right? Correct. 
Roman Reigns got sick. He was ill, correct? He Yes, he fell ill. So they replaced him with Kurt Angle. Correct. So they were unable to do the big reunion on the big special mm-hmm. pay-per-view, right? Right. So naturally, you would save it for Survivor Series, right? Uh, you, you might <laughs> if you were, you know. So why did they fucking blow it on Raw <laughs> six days before the Survivor Series? Why did they just save this big special reunion of the Shield for the next paper? And they held out the entire – until a week before the fucking show. They couldn't wait six more days. <laughs> they had to do this. They had to do it on Raw. They had to six days before the show. What sense does this make? I, I, I can't even. You know, I, if you're looking for me to defend it, I, I can't. I, I, I do you think <laughs> they don't have many things left in this company? That's that one can, of the things they had they... that can drive network subscriptions. Do you agree that this could have maybe got a few people to buy the fucking network to see these guys reteam for the first time in five, four, what is it, four years or something like that? Yeah, something like that, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that the whole idea of it was the whole build of the last pay per view. Yeah, it was the, right. the 100% so, the build of the last pay per view. And they could have then said, you, all right, sorry, this is now the real t- re debut of the yeah, field. But, you, know. you actually got a little break because you probably got a bunch of people to buy it before Roman got sick, right? And now, you know, you could get the rest of the people with this one if you, if you played it smart. No, we're going to do it now. <laughs> you could have you doubled up. You had two chances to sell the reunion. <laughs> and they, and and they like give the, it away on Raw. Yeah, it's like the third time it's been hinted at and the second time it'll be delivered. So it's just like, okay, I don't really. I mean, fuck. I don't understand why you would give it away on Raw. For no benefit either. Like zero benefit. No. No, I mean, I'm not opposed to, listen, I'm not opposed to doing stuff like that on TV in this era. If you're going to build to it properly and all those sorts of things and try to pop a rating, whatever, I get it. TV is very important. But so are network subs. And this is one of the few things they have in the back. How many things do they have, Rich? They don't have many things. And and they give it away six days. Uh, It's just, it's mind boggling to me how this match against the New Day which is a good opponent. It isn't the reunion. It doesn't, it, 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 I don't, it doesn't fucking compute. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's. This company stinks. This company. Sometimes senile 70 year olds do things that don't make sense. <laughs> this company stinks. How do people enjoy this shit? That'd be this like, company like a stinks. random world tag league. It's just like, ah, fuck it. Night Okada. Let's do it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, no, you know what? Like night eight of the World Tag League, it's just fucking Okada and Naito no, just having a match. Yeah. No, it's doing it in Corkin on the twenty fourth of December. Oh, yeah, right, you have to do it like as soon as possible, like the least yeah. the least amount of time. Yeah, like that that go home Christmas show. Naito yeah. wins the title and the snow falls on him, and it's like, yeah. oh, all right. <laughs> like, it, it's Jericho showing up at Corkin to face Kenny Omega in a tag match before they. Fa- it's fucking stupid. <laughs> this company stinks. How do people get into this shit? I love the geeks. I, I want to talk about this so bad when those fucking geeks come out on, on, on SmackDown in the half Raw, half Shield shirt. <laughs> yeah. Everything that I hate about WWE is encapsulated in any photo of the Shield guys sitting there in their half red Raw shirts and the other half are the Shield shirts. Wouldn't the Shield look That's, so much cooler? That if you ever want a, like an essay of like why I hate <laughs> WWE, 
I'm just going to show you that picture, and that is all I'm going to do is here. <laughs> Wouldn't the shield be so much cooler if they didn't play brand shit? They're the hounds of justice. Right, right? wear your fucking shield gear. We know you're on Raw. We know you're the shield. We don't need to be. It's just like. But I love that they half-ass it. Like, well, we like Raw, but uh, we're still the shield. <laughs> so what we're going to do is slice our shirt in half. It looks fucking geeks. They're like fucking weirdos. They're morons. Why would you ever think those guys are cool? That was the no. least cool thing those guys have ever done. They looked like the Gene, cool they looked like Gene Snitsky in a Raw vs. SmackDown Battle Royal wearing his blue shirt. That's what they look like. You, they look like Gene Snitsky. It's ridiculous. You know, that's Gene Snitsky. Did I ever tell you Gene Snitsky used, uh, used to interact with my uh, company's Facebook page? Yeah. Every so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he once one time we said we were closing early for a party and he liked the post. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> it's like all right he's not he doesn't live there he doesn't live anywhere near where we so like our stores were closing early but like the online website was still up like you can still go so he lives in like new york obviously still or whatever so i saw it come up and i'm like is that gene so like one of my buddies is, that i work with is also a, a wrestling fan so i'm like look who like this man like gene Sinsky like he's like oh that's pretty cool like that's awesome and i was like yeah that, that's and, and and to this day i still look every single time and i've never seen him interact ever again that one time he was very happy that we were going to go to the zoo or something and that was all that Gene Siski ever cared about with our page. I, you should have invited him to the party. Maybe he would have shown up. Well, the party was happening in like two hours, and he was in New York. So I don't. I, I guess. I mean, it wasn't his fault that he couldn't get there on time. It's just you know, things happen. Yeah, but these T-shirts. I mean, fuck this company. It, fuck this T-shirt. Fuck this. It, the T-shirt. It's Gene Snitsky shit. It really is. That's what it is. Oh, it's, 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 it's But Joe, how would you know who's on SmackDown and who's on Raw unless they're wearing the shirts? Like, like you have no clue what team the New Day's on unless they're wearing blue. You know what I mean? But here's like, the thing: you're being facetious, but that's the reason. No, exactly. Yeah. Because again, you have to treat everybody like a first-time viewer. That's this man's philosophy. You, he doesn't give anyone any credit. You can't just watch for the first time and catch up. We're all too stupid for that. It all has to be shoved in your fucking face. Which is the worst. We know what's the worst is like, and I'm sure a lot of people come from this, and I and I know you're this way too. There is nothing better than that first moment when like something hooks you and you want to learn more. You know what I mean? Like yes. the first time I watched WWF, I had no fucking clue what was going on. It hit me on some level, and I said, I like this, and I want to know more. And then it set off an entire life of me trying to discover more, learn more, read more, watch more, study more, open up the world of wrestling. Or the first time I watched Japanese wrestling. Okay, what's going on here? Who are these guys? Who's that? Like, that's the most exciting part is like a new thing. And you're like, all right, cool. Like, let's do this. Let's really invest in this and figure it out. Like, it happens on the first time you watch any big sport, too. First time I watched NBA, I was like, holy God, this is this is really cool. It's, it's just that's that's, you know, but. Who is Josephus Brody? I need to know. Exactly. It's it same shit. With our, our beginning. But um, that was our uh, Survivor Series. Uh, you want to talk about Ellsworth real quick. Our good friend James Ellsworth. He's not a good friend. I don't think he knows that we exist. But James Ellsworth uh, released by WWE earlier this week. What are your thoughts on the run of James Ellsworth? So they signed him to a two-year contract. And at the time I came on this show and ranted and raved that it was an enormous mistake. This was a guy who at most had six weeks worth of storylines in him. There was really no reason to sign him to a contract, especially a two-year contract. Fact of the matter is, obviously, Vince McMahon and his cronies thought this guy looked funny, and they liked laughing at him, so they gave him a contract, which is great for James Ellsworth, but was bad for the rest of us. I'm not going to say He had no chin, and Vince found it funny, so he signed him to a contract. Yes. And it's like, what are you going to do? And I I came on this show and said, what the fuck are you going to do with this guy for two years? And, well, they cut him a year early because they ran out of things to do. Surprise, Rich. But they ran out of things to do with this indie scrub a year before his contract was up. I know that's probably shocking to you, 
But just like we had predicted, they had nothing left for James Ellsworth before the end of this deal. The guy should have been gone. It should have been a nice little six-week run tops, the AJ Styles story, then maybe you do something else with him. He should have been Colin Delaney. Colin Delaney showed up on ECW. He did the same thing, basically, that this guy did. He got over to some extent as just, you know, this geeky jobber. They ran through some storylines. He turned on Tommy Dreamer, and they cut him loose. That's what this guy should have been. He should have been around for about six weeks. Uh, you run a big angle with him, and you cut him loose. He, he overstayed his welcome. The bottom line with this guy is I never enjoyed anything he did in this company. I can honestly say that with a straight face. Maybe this is just another example of Joe Lanza doesn't like fun, but I didn't find this guy fun. I found everything he did cringe. And it's not necessarily his fault. You know what I mean? I think he was enthusiastic and he enjoyed his role. And I have nothing against the guy, but he brought nothing to the table that I wanted to see. So, um, you know, from that perspective, I don't think there's any kind of loss. Good for him, though. He leveraged a six-week storyline into a two-year contract. Um, you know, he he worked against he worked a, a, a feud against AJ Styles. He was involved in some uh, uh, some big-time angles, like the, the the first ever Women's Money in the Bank. He got to go on the road for WWE, and and now he's got all the benefits that come with being a former WWE guy when it comes to residuals. If he needs fucking if, if he needs to go to rehab at some point, he's taken care of. I mean, he gets all of those things as well. He gets to put former WWE superstar on his resume. He's going to get booked on the indies like a motherfucker for at least the next year or so. So good on James Ellsworth, but also good on me because I don't have to watch this guy anymore ever on my screen. That's my James Ellsworth take. Yeah, I, th- I think he maximized 100% of what anybody could have possibly expected with this guy in his entire career. You know what I mean? Like, just getting signed by WWE in the first place, being, you know, what he was is is, is a minor miracle. And then what he was able to do when he was there. I mean, like, I, you know, I, I didn't really love it, but I think he did as well as he reasonably could have in that company or whatever. And and some of the stuff was okay. And, like, yeah, he, he really didn't have much to bring to the table. And I think it, it's just amazing that when they find something that they really – because this is a guy that, like, got – more opportunities than hundreds of people have gotten in that company and more opportunities and, and more things to do and more stories that actually had consequences or whatever. So it's nuts in that respect that this is one of the guys that kind of got behind and, and, and wrote some good stories with, but it had run its course. And I think it lasted even longer than I thought it was going to run. Uh, but at this point it was just like, okay, you, you know, especially when you saw last week, just basically everybody beat him up. It was like, all right, well, you knew that that was kind of like, right off. Yeah. There, there's nothing else to do there. And you know what? That's fine. Like I, I actually, and, and I think it was our Barry Murphy who we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, had a great tweet that this is like just basically how they should book everybody. It was like he had a one year run, did his thing, did his story, got a blow off, and that was it. And then he went away. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, that's you know, more wrestling should be a guy has a run and they get out of there. You know, they I have agree. stories. I agree. My thing is though, it should happen in six weeks instead of a year. Right, and it should happen when someone maybe talented as opposed to James Ellsworth. So. And the thing about that's the other thing about Ellsworth. I mean, he wasn't good at his job. He was a terrible like actor, and 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 his primary function was backstage shit. And he was terrible at it. You know, I I just thought he was bad. I thought he was in a world where they're all terrible at it and they're all porn level actors. He was even worse than everybody else. I just, I just didn't even think he was good at his job. So um, I don't know. I, I'm probably being mean to the poor guy, but I just got to call it like I see it. I, I, I just, I can't believe he lasted this long. All right. So we were going to talk about Starcade, but um, we have next week to talk about that. So do you want to leave the hold off on Starcade until next week? Yeah, we were going to do the two house shows, the Starcade and the uh, India tour. Let's just jump to the India tour. We could do the Stark and and the Starcade thing might 
there might be stuff added to the story. Exactly. Uh, They've continued to add stuff. Like today they announced Ric Flair is going to be there. So I think it'll be, it'll benefit from another week as we get closer. So uh, that's fair. But now our victory lap for the India tour. So uh, there's a press release here to meet the requests of WWE fans in India. They meeted the request here and delivered the biggest main event in the country's history. WWE is combining two nights of family-friendly action into only one night only, an exclusive super show. So now the updated card for Saturday, December 9th, Joe. Uh, you got Jeet Rama and Kishan Raftner against the Miztourage. Uh, Enzo Amore versus Kalisto for the Cruiserweight Championship. Apollo Crews and Titus O'Neil versus Gallows and Anderson. Jason Jordan versus Elias. Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's title. Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. I have no idea if it's a man versus man or demon versus man or, or man versus... I, I don't know the exact scenario, but uh, as far as I know, man versus man. Uh, which, by the way, Braun Strowman just getting over a horrible <laughs> sickness. I don't know if I necessarily would send him to India, but it is what it is. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Kane. And then the Shield versus Samoa Joe, Cesaro, and Sheamus. Fuck, that sounds pretty awesome. I kind of want to see yeah, that. Yeah, a great match. Uh, and then your main event, Jinder Mahal versus Triple H. So... Uh, what's really interesting, though, is I, I could have swore everybody told us that he was going to win this title back at uh, in India, but um, I don't see the title. I, I don't see AJ Styles on this tour, and, and I don't see a match between the two. So um, does Jinder just get handed the title by defeating Triple H? Like, I, I don't know. How's it going to work here? Yeah, I'm looking over the card here. I don't seem to see AJ booked, and I don't seem to so see. So they're probably going to vacate. So AJ will vacate the title before, and then that Triple H-Jinder match will be for the title, and then Jinder will, of course, defeat Well, it was a given. I mean, we were told that we were wrong, and that they were going <laughs> to Put the title right back on Jinder in India. So right. I'm told that this was a total on one of these on one of these two mega shows that the, your uh, big Indian we're, champion we're, is helping yes, sell. So where Jinder was going to sell out cricket stadiums because he's a massive Indian star who the company was uh, right. Look at the Facebook doing. likes. Look at the Facebook likes. Show. Are you saying yeah. those Facebook likes might come from you know maybe people that aren't in, aren't going to pay to go to a show or maybe don't exist at all? Like no, there's no way. Those YouTube views, the YouTube views, Joe. Come on. I don't know, Rich. I heard that uh, that Drew over at Beyond is a is a billionaire because of uh, because of YouTube hits and things of that nature. So those things always correlate to lots of money, as you well know. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube hits and Facebook likes. Uh, but yeah, this. Uh, no offense, Drew, but uh, you know, just making my point there. It is Beyond with those massive amounts of YouTube hits, correct? Right. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. They're huge in Saudi Arabia. So. Yes, you know. Um, look, fact of the matter is the gender experiment was a massive and utter failure. Um, SmackDown uh, ratings and uh, are, are, are flat against from when uh, he first got the title and down from the year earlier. Um, the, the house shows are down ever since he won the title. Um, he was such a massive failure that they slowly moved him down the card. Uh, he was main eventing early in his run. And he slid down to maybe third or fourth from the top, even on pay-per-views. The India he's tour. Survivor Series. He's not on Survivor Series. He's, 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 to the point where he's not ago. on Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Two weeks ago. He's just not he's on the Yeah, and, 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 and there's no shoulder injury. He's been working house shows. So he's, work, he's worked house shows. Uh, as of last night, he was working on the road. So it's not because he's hurt, which is what some people have been using as an excuse. Um, and now this India tour, which was everyone was saying, you know, wait till India, wait till India. This guy's huge in India. The company knows he's huge in India. And, you know, a week ago, I, I put out an open call to everybody. I said, look, I am open-minded. Show me where this man has moved the needle whatsoever. Give me something. Give me anything. Because I could point to things where he either hasn't moved the needle or the needle has moved backwards, but I see no evidence that this man is a success on any level whatsoever. And then, you know, we see that this, this India tour, which, you know, was only two shows to begin with, 
has been scaled back to one show. And we've heard of one of those reasons might be that there is like a huge smog issue going on and a huge air quality or whatever. So it is what it is. Like if they thought that that was the better idea, whatever, they do one show. But still, regardless. Not bullshit. If they were selling tickets, they'd run two shows. I I agree. and, 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 and the thing about it is, if people were interested, if Jinder Mahal was this was this crossover Indian star that they thought they were, then people would have bought the ticket. I'm sorry, I don't buy it. I'm not buying it. This reeks of territory promoter blaming the sunshine for one show that doesn't sell tickets. as ah, sunny out. And then the next week, blaming the rain because it was raining. Out. It did, that's what it reeks of to me. To pull okay. the curtain back a little bit, uh, my job we had a uh, I, I had to laugh about this, and I had to tell people like I- internally, I'm like, you know, that that it was kind of an old wrestling term because there was one week where we did a sale and it rained a lot, and they were like, oh, we're gonna have the we're gonna do the sale again next week, and then it was really sunny that day, and then I was like, hey, how are those numbers? They're like, ah, it was too nice. <laughs> I was like, so rain bad, and it was too nice the next week, and then I told some of people I was like, yeah, it's like old school wrestling promoter thing. It's like, do you work ah. for Do you work for Roy Shire? <laughs> I know, I, I, I might. I, because this is it's an old school fucking my wrestling. favorite thing i came back and there i was like well how'd the sale go they're like oh it was too nice the weather nobody came and i was like no yeah yeah that's not you can't say the rain got people away and then too nice got people away like too much snow not enough snow you know too cloudy rich, rich not enough clouds sam, yeah rich works for sam mushnick right exactly yeah so uh yeah this is i a, am yeah. indeed larry madisick uh, the, the long I've made fun yes. of him for so many years, and now it's time to, for me to reveal that I've been catfishing all of you, and I am Larry Madison. So, hello. That's right. So, I mean, this is an old school wrestling thing for years. You know, I don't buy it. Too much smog, not enough smog. <laughs> yeah, except if there was like more interest, smog. if there was interest in Jinder Mahal, and he's coming to India one time this year, they're buying tickets. Okay, they miscalculated the market. They pushed the wrong guy, but I really think. More so than pushing the wrong guy, they miscalculated the market. Everybody's poor in that country. What the fuck are they thinking? You know, it's like, why does everybody have their eye on India? They see 1.2 billion people or whatever, but if a billion of them are dirt poor, what are you, what are you chasing here? What are we chasing? What are rupees worth right now? You know, it's, come on. And they push the wrong guy and they push them as a heel. The guy stinks. He has no charisma. He can't work. And you push him as a heel on top of it. You don't even make him a hero. I mean, you, this, was, this couldn't have been more poorly executed. And we've been ranting about it since they put the goddamn title on him. And people are trying to tell us we're wrong. Are you insane? So, yeah, we're taking the W again. Like we're apt to do around here lately. Okay? It's a joke. We knew it wasn't working. We knew it was ill-advised. We knew they were approaching it all wrong. And they just got shit on. The entire country of India just took a giant shit on this company and Jinder Mahal. The experiment is over. It failed. They've moved on. The guy stinks. He's a mid-card heel at best. That's all he is. And I'm going to give you another, you know, while I'm on a roll here, Rich, I'm going to go one further. I wouldn't be shocked if they cut him. I really wouldn't be shocked if they cut him. What does he bring to the table? Now that you're not doing this push with him. Right. Yeah. There, there is a weird scenario here where this could be, and this used to be old school. I mean, WWE would do that a lot where they try a guy out, try a guy out, try a guy out. And if it didn't work, they would just say, all right, well, fuck it then. You're done. And then, like, you know. That's it. Because what do you do with him? What was he before he was champion? It just a guy, a fucking guy that couldn't even get on main event. There's no value in this guy. 
Maybe you keep him around for giving a, the old college try with the thing. Okay, that's fine. Look, I'm not offended by the guy hanging around your lower mid-card as a heel. I have no problem with that. His matches are still going to stink. You still got to endure him being arguably the worst wrestler on the roster, but he brings something to the table as a mid-card heel. Honestly, honestly, he'd be better as a mouthpiece. He'd be better as, 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 as but, but, he's, but he's so big and fucking, that, that he doesn't really fit that role either. You have to find someone bigger than him. He's a pretty big dude. I, I, I would not be shocked if he's cut. It wouldn't shock me. You know, because because before he got the title, would it have shocked anyone? He got if he got cut. No, he needed a prime candidate to get cut before they did this with him. And he's not any kind of star. We know now that he's not any kind of star. Ah, the fucking gender. I'm just I'm 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 waving my hands over here, Rich. I just can't. can't I'm literally I can't take it. God, we were so right about this all along. What a fucking disaster this was. And I, I would abandon ship on India too. Fuck that. You know what I mean? Like this is just, it, it just doesn't make sense anymore on any level. You know, it, it's, I get, you got this Jeet Rama and Keyshawn Rafter. Maybe if one of these guys develops, I think it's smart putting them on this card. I got no problem with that. Let me ask you this. Why aren't they main eventing those two guys? Why are they working like an opener or whatever? Try something with them. Give these fans someone to latch onto at a grassroots level. To get behind, you know, from the jump. Yeah, I... I Would that it, be the, the worst thing? It's a house show. Yeah, they're probably... It's a local, it's a local house show. Right. Why can't you push these two guys? Shit, I'd put these guys in a match against Jinder and have them beat them. Yeah, trying to move it on with another guy. I think I think the story, the, the, the real story is you got to let stuff happen organically. And people are not going to just all of a sudden decide to enjoy your product because you said, Hey, here's an Indian guy. You know what I mean? Like that's not, and we've heard it from many people that we've heard from people in India. Um, just like we heard in Japan too, that like the reason people watch WWE or watch American stuff is because it is what it is because it's American or whatever. If right. they wanted to go, they have Bollywood movies. If they really want their stuff, that's where their people, if they're going to watch WWE, they're going to watch it for what it is. WWE. Like the reason we watch Japanese wrestling is not because, Oh my God. And, and there are some people that only watch because of Chris Jericho is going to be there or whatever, but a, a large majority of us watch because we want to watch that product because it's different because it's unique or whatever. We heard all the time from people that said we have people from India that are like nobody in India really gives a shit. Like they would like it better if it was just WWE. They would like it better if WWE just presented their best product as opposed to saying, "Hey Indian people, here's an Indian guy." Like you like him, right? He looks like you and it's like, "Yeah, but he's like from Canada." And like, you know, again, like they think that they're idiots. They're not. They and they saw right through it. And whether they and, and the other thing too is what that market even is. Time and time again people try to get in India, try to get into China, try to get into both these big because it's a lot of population, but it's like all right, well, it's not just raw population that you're after. There's got to be other factors that, that play into this, especially when you're WWE. It's how many people are connected, how many people are connected to the internet, how many people have streaming services, how many people can realistically follow your product, how many people have the disposable income to follow your product, how many people have the time to follow your product. Things like this need to be looked at, and I think a lot of times they just go, oh, India's got a lot of people, and every time we post stuff, we get a lot of likes from India, so it must be good. Well, I'll tell you, my company gets a lot of likes from India until I block them because it's, it's we're not we don't sell to India, and there's no point in doing it. But we can get, I can get, if I wanted tomorrow to get 20,000 people from India to like, you know, my Facebook page, I could, 
But what's the value in that? It's all about the value. It's all about what they're going to do to help the bottom line. And it, it, it's, you know, in a lot of ways, like I, I think WWE and a lot of these other companies just look at this region and don't take the time to actually realize what's going on there or, 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 or really understand the market and just assume that they can just shove stuff down people's throat and they're going to take it. And that's not that's not how it works. They can't just say, here's an Indian guy. All right, now buy tickets. It's like, no. And we heard from a lot of people that live in India that nobody gave a shit there. They an didn't Indian, care. An, an Indian guy presented as an asshole. But that's it. We, we brought that up and everyone's, oh, whatever. But he's he's presented as a, a face there. They're going to love him. No, they don't. They think he's an asshole because he's an asshole. He cheats and he lies. And, and and why would they rally behind that? That's not, you know, it's not. You had it was a very unique situation with the Bret Hart thing. People always bring up, well, Bret Hart was a heel in America and a face in Canada. That was a deck dude build up cachet for fucking years to be a face. Why, aren't the, I mean? why aren't the Sings on this show? Isn't one of them hurt? I, you know, I'll be honest. I don't know. But why isn't the other one on the show? <laughs> Who the fuck knows anymore, man? I mean, I don't, you know, it doesn't make sense. I maybe he's cornering him. I don't know. But um, yo, know, he's eating a pedigree clean in the middle. Oh, for, oh, he is not fucking winning this match. So he I mean, is it's like a pedigree. 100%. Then, then you send him over there, he doesn't even win. It's like, what are they doing? What are they doing? This company stinks, Rich. <laughs> it's just they, they stink. This is the this is the uh, it's just amazing. Yeah, I can't. I fucking can't. Let's get out of here. I can't fucking <laughs> wrap it up here. Company. This is what we do when we do a show that's all WWE. It can't. I know. We need to, like, do. I need to drink. Joe just needs to get some lube going and just, like, eat a good meal. Like, I just feel depressed after. I got to, like, walk the dogs and then go and, like, eat something nice and eat something I'm going to enjoy. I need to, like, wash. I'd probably take a shower. It just, I feel icky. I feel weird. It's just, you know. Let's not do Japan forever, ever again. You know, it's it's. If they ever Japan. put that we'll, title back on Jinder, we're dead. They're not going to. I, I I'm safe taking my victory lap here. They're not okay. putting that title. If they were going to put the title back on him, it would be during the CD tour. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. They're not going. It's over. He's not on Survivor Series. Like he's gone. Yeah, it's it, really is, it really is amazing. You would think he'd run like in the it. W. We'll wait for everybody to get in our power. To be fair, we had a because I made the Twitter moment, which was my absolute pettiest thing that I've ever done. Is everybody that was like, "Are oh, you idiots?" Like they're going to win in India. I made a Twitter moment, and and to their credit, like three or four of the people did actually, um, yeah, say I, I thought it was the right idea at the time, and, they, and I agree, it was the right idea at the time. But like you know, people were were ready to dance all over us and go, "Oh, you idiots!" He's going to win it back in India. It's like I, right, well, you know. That's why I, you know, I'm not, I'm just being petty because I'm being petty, but yeah. I was happy to see that some people were like, and I agree. The logic would have made sense that he would win it back in India, but you know, the writing was on the wall. I thought when he lost to AJ, that that was over and that was done, especially when it happened as quickly as it happened and just yeah. came out of nowhere. And I thought that was like, all right, that's the writing on the wall. And now this is just the absolute, the wall has been constructed and, and, and Ginger is, is, is gone and buried and, and dead. So all right, that does it here for the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Make sure you're checking out uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com for all of our previews and reviews of all these events coming up this weekend. Also, VoiceWrestling.com slash forums for all of our good stuff. Uh, check out the War Games Week, uh, the project that we did. We reviewed each and every War Games and War Games style match um, from the beginning until uh, current ones, even on the Independence and Ring of Honor, all that other good stuff, WCW, uh, Jim Crocker promotions, all that stuff. Uh, so check that out. And then uh, also to stay tuned because we're going to get some um, – we got end of the year coming up, so we got match of the year. Uh, coverage is going to start ramping up here a little bit. We have a lot of really good stuff going on in the podcast network as well, so make sure uh, you're subscribing to us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts from. Again, if you don't, uh, if you use an app and we're not on there, just let us know. Uh, just go to App Voices Wrestling. I know there's been an issue lately with Apple Podcasts. I don't know what to do. They, the Apple Podcast sucks. So just try to use something else if you can. But uh, yeah, I know that some of the new shows haven't been showing up there. I, I There's nothing I can do. I upload the shows and 
every other place in the world could get to them, but then for some reason, Apple Podcast does not. So I don't know. Again, I would just recommend getting another podcast app. But again, if you're on a podcast app and we're not there, just let us know and we'll, we'll figure out a way to do it. But uh, make sure to subscribe to The Voices Wrestling as well as everything else that we have on our network. There's a lot of good stuff uh, going on there. We also have the ebook uh, on the way, the New Japan ebook that we're prepping. Uh, again, we have a lot of really exciting stuff, pretty cool announcements uh, to mention about that book as it gets closer. Uh, but if you have anything that you want to write about it, if we're always looking to take essay submissions, art submissions as well, uh, just go to uh, voicewrestling.com or, or email me rich at voiceswrestling.com. Uh, and yeah, we can uh, uh, always take any sort of essays and any sort of art. I can't guarantee that you're going to be in the book, but uh, if you write something good and compelling, there's a good chance you'll be in the book and, and it'll be a fun stuff there. But I'm uh, really, really looking forward to uh, doing that book again. And then, of course, we want to thank our sponsor this week, uh, Dollar Shave Club, dollarshaveclub.com slash voices to do their uh, shit shower and shave starter set. And for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Creech, and we'll see you next time on the Voices of Wrestling podcast. Take care. People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance.